Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show Defrag your mind Good evening everyone I'm Rick Walker, and I'm feeling better today. I'm sorry I wasn't here last night. I just kind of uh, hit the wall. I just uh, was a little bit burned out, honestly. I had a massive headache all day yesterday. I felt terrible. I was laying around. I was trying to get my act together. Couldn't do it, but I'm back and feeling much better today. And I'm really glad to be here because we have a lot of cool things to talk about tonight. Some of this is actually, I think, pretty positive. So I'm kind of cranked. Looks like uh, there's optimism on the subject of the hostages in, in, uh, in the Gaza Strip. Looks like they're working on a deal. Positive stuff there. Um, we're going to talk about flying cars and future cities. I have a report that I've prepared. I'll share that with you. We will talk about housing. Since we're talking about future cities, we'll show you how the government of the day is dealing with the housing crisis and the jobs crisis the economy <laughs> this stuff is not quite so positive but we'll dig into it anyway tomorrow in canada they'll they'll have a um an economic update from the government and ahead of that we are hearing from the opposition pierre polyev Conservative Party of Canada leader about problems with all those billions of dollars that are being heaped upon the auto companies and specifically Stellantis will tell you what the problem is with that. And uh, what else do I have for you tonight? The Christmas tree, the White House Christmas tree. We, uh, we've got that queued up for you too. We're going to show you Dr. <laughs> Jill Biden's Christmas tree. Um, and Elon Musk is sounding the alarm bell, or at least drawing our attention to a massive, humongous, ginormous investment in artificial intelligence by Microsoft. And we'll take a quick look as well at the new leader in Argentina. Some people are already suspicious and connecting him to, you guessed it, the new world. Don't go away. I've got all that. And maybe, maybe a watch party to watch a movie 
at the end of the show. And, and at some point, we'll probably go to the phones so that you guys can call in and share your thoughts on the news of the day and especially the cities of the future. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow may be too late. Too late, too late, too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarmingly, some media In an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. Choose not the red pill. Choose not the blue pill. For both are an illusion. Discover the power of M. The power of individuality. We are mavericks. We are the way to the light. Fear not the storm. Join our quest for truth. Truth will set you free. Maverick News. The world is watching. So tonight, it's all about things to come. Really. What will the future be like? Things to come. We can run and hide, or we can meet the challenges of the future head on. And from what I've been seeing in the last few days, and the last week even, there's a lot of stuff actually to be pretty darn excited about. I'm kind of pumped. This whole idea of flying cars, I'm cranked. I mean, I always kind of liked the idea of flying cars when I was younger. I remember, you know, as a real ankle biter when I was a, just a wee one. Elementary school, being assigned a project, all the kids told to 
design a city of the future. So everybody had, you know, towers and Jetsons style buildings, and we all drew flying cars. And we haven't quite managed to get there. But tonight, we'll show you that these things, these flying cars, could be a real thing. They could become commonplace by the end of this decade. They have the technology and the plan. So I'm going to share that with you tonight. And then, because this is all about things to come, I think at the end of the broadcast, what we'll do is we'll run one of my favorite movies of all time and have a watch party, things to come. Science fiction. And it deals with issues that we're really dealing with today. War. Technology. A possible apocalypse. Oh, I know everybody's thinking, you know, zombie apocalypse today, but no, I mean, this was like real Armageddon apocalypse as envisioned, you know, back in the 1930s, this 19, I think it was 1936, this movie was made and uh, still holds up today. It's a great film. And I know some of you will say, oh, it's really old. Yeah, but no, it's actually awesome. So we might run that at the end of the show. Uh, but let's deal with some of the, the current news of the day first, okay? Before we get into all of that other stuff. Um, let's start with the hostages. So, what's going on with the hostages? Looks like Biden says that he believes a deal is close to freeing the hostages in Gaza. He was out there standing in a sort of a scrum. You know, you could hear the, I think the helicopter in the background really loud. Um, he was taking part in the annual Thanksgiving turkey pardon at the White House. And he was asked by a reporter who shouted it to him if an agreement was close. And he answered in the affirmative. Let me show you the clip that has everybody talking tonight all around the world where'd you go there joe okay i've got john kirby queued up for after i've lost my clip of uh sleepy joe come on joe we're for dark thou ah oh, come on there it is i got you joe i found you so many things queued up tonight Lots to share with you. And here's El Presidente Joe Biden talking about the first time I'm talking in Spanish. And now it's a French because I'm a, I'm a, my Franglish, Spanish, whatever. I always get it all mixed up, jumbled, and it's like Italian spaghetti, Spanish, French stuff. I don't know. I studied Spanish in college and French in elementary school. So no wonder my brain is all scrambled. But here's Joe. There is a hostage deal near. Sir, is a hostage deal near? Mr. President, is a hostage deal near? I believe so. I'm not prepared to talk. I believe so? Yes. Mr. 
Yeah. So that was it. And then uh, he uh, he did actually hold up his hand and crossed his fingers like, you know, hope so. So that one little thing from the president of the United States was enough to, you know, set off a, a cascade of tweets and social media posts and speculation all around the world. So let's go to the White House and pick up the news conference with John Kirby, who is also addressing this very matter, along with an update on the situation in Ukraine. Hang on, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We got it. We'll just move right to the top. Right? <laughs> Uh, so today, I think, you know, Secretary Austin is in Kiev to meet with Ukraine's leaders and reinforce our staunch support for Ukraine's fight for freedom against Russia's brutal invasion. The Secretary underscored President Biden's abiding commitment to provide Ukraine with the weapons and equipment that it needs to retake its sovereign territory and defend itself. Now, in Kiev, Secretary Austin announced a new security assistance package uh, using previously authorized presidential drawdown authorities. It includes Stinger anti-aircraft missiles and additional HIMARS systems, additional HIMARS ammunition, 155-millimeter and 105-millimeter artillery rounds, Javelin and AT-4 anti-tank systems, and, of course, millions of rounds of small arms ammunition. Uh, this announcement will obviously help keep uh, meet Ukraine's immediate battlefield needs, but only just that. Again, we want to urge Congress to pass the supplemental request that we put in front of them to allow us to keep supporting Ukraine in an unimpeded, uninterrupted way. Uh, the runway continues to get shorter with each every each and every passing uh, assistance package that uh, that we provide them. As President Biden has said, when aggressors don't pay a price for their aggression, they'll cause more chaos and death and destruction. They just keep on going, and the costs and the threats to America and to the world will keep rising. The actions that we take, and just as critically, the potential actions we don't take will reverberate for many years to come. Speaking of that, I'm sure you saw the op-ed piece that the president wrote for the Washington Post over the weekend, laying out how the world faces an inflection point right now. Uh, again, about where the choices we make uh, will determine our future for generations to come. As he noted, we continue to stand firmly with the Israeli people as they defend themselves against Hamas, a terrorist group that has vowed to wipe Israel off the map and has promised to conduct attacks similar to the ones on September 7th of October again and again and again. So President Biden and the team here is doing everything we can to help get the hostages that Hamas took, get them released, including uh, young children uh, and, of course, uh, Americans that are in that pool, pool. Now, I think I know this is of great interest to all of you. Um, uh, I just want to let you know we're still working this hour by hour. I do not have an update for you on the hostage uh uh, deal that we're trying to negotiate. Uh, but as you heard the Deputy National Security Advisor say yesterday, uh, we believe we're closer than we've ever been. So we're hopeful. Uh, but, uh, but there's still work to be done. Um, uh, and nothing is done until it's all done. So uh, we're, we're going to keep working on this. We're also working to increase the flow of life-saving humanitarian assistance, food, water, medicine, we're calling for respecting the inter international uh, law uh, in terms of minimizing the loss of innocent lives. And of course, we're continuing to advocate for humanitarian pauses so that people can get out of harm's way and that aid and assistance can get in. 
Uh, and of course, you saw us le levy multiple rounds of sanctions to degrade Hamas's financial structure, cutting them off from outside funding and trying to make it harder for them to be able to resource the kinds of attacks that they conducted on the 7th of October. Um, so just a real quick update on the latest figures, and then I'll be done. Uh, over the last couple of days, the 19th, the 18th and the 19th of November, almost down into Gaza, uh, with approximately 18,000 gallons of fuel, that will help support food distribution uh, and it'll help generators for uh, for the hospital so that they can keep uh, working. Again, we expect those deliveries to continue on a regular basis and hopefully in larger quantities. I'm talking about the fuel specifically there. Uh, and then just lastly, the total number of U.S. citizens that we've been able to uh, move out of Gaza uh, through that Rafa crossing is now up to 800. We're continuing to work that every day as well. Hey, John, the, the United Nations says nowhere is safe in Gaza is the U.S. working with Israel to create a safe area in Gaza for civilians? What we've talked to the Israelis about, particularly now, is they're beginning to plan operations in the south, where so many people have moved, uh, is to, to uh, make it clear that they have obligations to not only allow for that safe passage, but, but, uh, uh, but to make sure they're not putting all those civilians, now more civilians in southern Gaza than were before, putting them in, in harm's way. Secondly, I know you don't want to talk about hostages, but in general, is Israel on board with the idea of a pause of a few days? Uh, that gets into our negotiations here for the hostages. They have instituted, again, uh, at our urging, they've instituted these daily humanitarian pauses. Uh, and in some cases, they were supposed to be four hours a day. They've actually expanded them up to seven hours a day. So they're happening on a regular basis, and they're predominantly designed to allow people from, in the north to move through a couple of safe corridors to the south. So it's the pause to let people get out. That's the principal purpose of that. Um, but I think you can imagine, and again, I wanna be careful here, I don't negotiate in public, but if you're going to secure the release of hostages, and we certainly hope we're gonna be able to do that soon, you gotta make sure they can get from where they are to safety and do that as safely as possible, which means you're gonna have to have at least a temporary localized stop in the fighting to allow them to move. I mean, we also can't take for granted that all these people are easily mobile and don't have some sort of health issues that require perhaps a slower route out or assistance getting out. So um, I don't, again, don't want to negotiate in public, but uh, but we, we believe we're getting closer. John, you, you talked about the negotiations. Everybody's been sort of talking about the swirl of, you know, the contacts between the U.S. and Israel and Qatar and Hamas. Um, what, when you talk to the family members, one of their deep abiding frustrations is that it's, I think, day 45, and they don't have any information, proof of life, conditions that, that normally the Red Cross would would go in, would at least, you know, determine something about the fate of their, you know, some of these people are, you know, believe that their their loved ones either are sick or need medicine or, or have been injured or whatever. You know, is there is there nothing that the U.S. and Israeli governments can tell the hostage families without compromising the 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 ongoing negotiations to actually get some release? And if not, what what to what do you explain? What do you think explains the fact that the Red Cross hasn't been able to get in there? I can't speak specifically to the Red Cross access. Um, you know, Hamas has control here over where they are and how they are. Uh, uh, so it, it could be an issue of Hamas holding ho holding that kind of access up. I can tell you we're doing the best we can with the information that we have to keep the families informed, American families informed. 
Uh, we, there's not that many of them. Uh, we know who they are, and we're doing the best we can to keep them uh, informed, including and keep them informed on the the process of trying to secure release. Um, but it's a I'm not going to you know I'm not going to lie here. It, 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 you know, there's in some cases a paucity of information. I mean, it's just it has been difficult to get any great detail on every single hostage, where they are, how they are, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and move that process forward in terms of informing the families. Does it, we'll do what we can. We're informing them to the maximum degree we can. Uh, they have a right to know everything that, that, that we know. Um, and we'll just, we'll just keep doing it on our own as best we can. Thanks so much, John. Has the president had any additional calls with world leaders about the hostage deal today? Not that I'm tracking today. And was the last time you spoke to Prime Minister uh, and then it was yeah, the last the chat, the last call that they had. Can you just give us a sense of the level of trust right now? And I know you can't speak to specifics, but in these negotiations, how much trust is there in those conversations between all parties over the hostage deal? It's a negotiation, and uh, it's over human lives. Um, the you you do the best you can going back and forth with the arrangements, um, which we're doing right now. Um, and at some point, when you come down to executing, you know, when you hit go, then you're counting on everybody to meet their commitments. Um, and that's what that's what we're doing. Uh, Admiral, over the weekend, uh, President Biden in his op-ed um, said that the U.S. was preparing to issue visa bans uh, against uh, Israeli extremists attacking civilians on the West Bank. What effect would that actually have? Well, that would, if you were to do uh, conduct, uh, uh, impose a visa ban, it would prevent that individual from, from traveling here to the United States. Is there any timeline on when that might be instituted? I don't have a timeline for you. But Nor do I have a final decision. Nor do I have a final decision. Is the Biden administration upset by how this is playing out in the West Bank, those, what those extremists are doing to Palestinians of in the West Bank? Of course, the president has spoken to this many, many times, including from the Rose Garden when he was here with the Australian prime minister. I mean, the, uh, what's happening uh, with the settler violence is unacceptable, absolutely reprehensible. And yes, we and we wouldn't have talked about the potential uh, examining visa bans. And again, no final decision here um, if, it, if it wasn't just another clear statement of, of, of our deep concern over this. What, what other sanctions are being considered besides the visa? Ban? I don't have anything else. Oh, thanks so much. Um, there's been fighting over the last few days and hours around the Indonesian hospital in Gaza. Yeah. Can you speak to whether or not there's U.S. intelligence that suggests that that, too, is some sort of hub for Hamas activity and what the U.S. feeling is about those reports of shelling in and near that hospital? Hospitals should not be the scenes of firefights. We've been very clear about that. Uh, you got patients in there, you got medical staff, you got people whose lives are literally at risk and are innocent victims of this. Uh, they shouldn't be put at, at more risk than they already are being uh, held up in a, in a hospital or hold up in a hospital because of health issues can't and can't move. So we don't want to see firefights in hospitals. I don't have any specific intelligence about the degree to which Hamas is or is not using that particular hospital. Uh, nothing to share today. John, I was just curious. You mentioned Hamas still determined to try to carry out any sort of terrorist attack abroad. This Thanksgiving week, is there any elevated risk of terror attacks here at home? And are is the White House or NSC doing anything specific? Because of the holiday week, most people obviously kind of check out in DC. I'm just curious, are you staffing up in a difference because of the terror threat? Uh, we're not tracking any specific credible threat uh, here at home um, over the holiday. That said, 
I think you can understand we, we're going to be as vigilant as we have been since this conflict began uh, and certainly make sure that, uh, that we, to the best we can, can identify any potential domestic threats and disrupt them before they can take place. We're watching this all very, very closely for spillover effects from the, the fight between Israel and Hamas, both against the Jewish community and, of course, the Muslim community here in the United States. But again, I'm not tracking any specific credible threat that, uh, that's being acted on at this time. Back at the uh, Indonesian hospital, um, my colleague spoke with the hospital administrator who said that President Biden needs to do more to protect hospitals in Gaza because, quote, he's the only one Netanyahu will listen to. Could you comment on that? And also, is the U.S. at all concerned that Israel keeps it, it is being seen, rather, as attacking uh, one Gaza hospital after another and also areas in the south now? The president, in every conversation that he has with Prime Minister Netanyahu, and it's not just him, Secretary Blinken, Secretary Austin, Jake Sullivan, the whole team here, um, at every instance, continues to urge Israelis uh, to be as cautious and deliberate and as careful as they can in conducting these operations against Hamas, which they have a right and responsibility to do to go after Hamas. They also have a right and responsibility, an added burden, if you will, because of the way Hamas fights, uh, uh, to uh, to do everything they can to look after civilian casualties. It is a part of every discussion that we're having with our Israeli counterparts. And I'm sorry, the second question was? The second question was, is the United States at all concerned that Israel is seen attacking hospital well, after a hospital? Well, as I, as I said, I think in, in my previous answer, we don't want to see hospitals as battlegrounds. We don't want to see firefights in hospitals. Now, as we've also said, at least when it comes to Al-Shifa, I don't have any intelligence on this Indonesia hospital, but at Al-Shifa, we, we did have intelligence that corroborated the Israeli claims that Hamas was using it as a command and control node. Um, so it puts an added burden on Israel as they conduct operations in and around hospitals to be even more discriminant and more careful. Uh, because again, you got real live patients, real live doctors, real live nurses that you got to look out, out for. On the other hand, you've got a real life threat. You got a group that seems to think it's okay to bury themselves in the basement of a hospital and use it to command and control their operations. Um, and that presents a viable, legitimate threat to the security of the Israeli people. So it's about striking that balance. Um, John, the White House condemned Elon Musk in pretty strong terms last week after he once again something, said something that was considered anti-Semitic. You called his comments abhorrent. Um, this administration, this government, is very reliant on Elon Musk, uh, particularly SpaceX technology, Starlink technology. Have there been any efforts made to um, wean the government off of his technology or find some kind of replacement I'm not uh, aware of any efforts to do that, uh, Nancy, but I think we've been very clear about the rhetoric and how inappropriate it is, and we'll call it out every time we see it. But is the president concerned that the Pentagon and NASA are so reliant on someone who holds these views and appears to even more routinely embrace conspiracy theories? We're, we, we're, we rely on a lot of uh, the defense industry, a lot of the private sector to help us with our innovation, uh, to help us with uh, research and development on new systems, uh, and to help us in the realm of space and cyberspace. Um, there's a there's a real benefit to private-public partnership when it comes to those kinds of 
national security threats and national security challenges. There's innovation out there in the private sector that we'd be foolish to, to, to walk away from. I'm not aware of any specific efforts uh, to address to, to address our concerns over his rhetoric through uh, through the way that um, uh, that uh, that his companies provide support to our national security establishment, uh, but that doesn't mean that we accept uh, or or, uh, or agree with or condone in any way that anti-Semitic rhetoric that he pushed. Thank you, John. Um, does the U.S. have any assessment of what the Israeli military is describing as CCTV footage of Hamas uh, bringing through hostages uh, through Al Shifa Hospital on October seventh? I don't. Okay. Um, on the hostages, if women and children end up being released first, which is what it sounds like the situation is probably headed towards, um, does the U.S. have any? sense of how many in that mix might be American citizens? I don't want to get ahead of where we are, MJ. Um, and uh, I mean, I know that everybody's interested in the numbers and who they're going to be. We're working that through literally in real time uh, with, uh, with both sides. So I think it's better if I just don't speculate about what that pool is going to look like. Obviously, we are laser focused on the American citizens that we know are being held hostage and we want them out, all of them, everybody should be out now. But here we are in a negotiation and we're getting closer to the end, we believe of that negotiation. So again, I'm, I'm gonna be careful. For any of the potential American hostages, um, is there confidence that they are alive? I know that you've addressed the lack of proof of life videos and such in the past, but- I would say we have no indication otherwise. Thanks, John. Uh, there was media reports over the weekend that uh, U.S. pressure had resulted in the Palestinian Authority taking down a tweet that had accused the Israeli helicopters of most of the deaths at that music festival. Um, can you elaborate on that at all? I mean, I don't know. What would you want me to say? Well, to I mean, can you confirm it? Can you give any information about you know, what kind of communications there were between the U.S. and the Palestinian Authority about that messaging? I'm not aware of any specific messaging between us and the PA on that. I mean, obviously, it's simply not true. Uh, it was Hamas paragliding into a music festival. I mean, there was no Israeli participation in that at all. And then I just wonder if you could elaborate a bit on uh, the president's uh, remarks in the op-ed about a revitalized Palestinian Authority. Like, what would that look like? Is it new leadership? Is it a different structure? Like, could you just talk about that a little more? It's, you know, what it looks like is going to depend on the Palestinian people. Um, but what he's referring to there is a Palestinian authority that has the has the credibility, has the legitimacy, has the authority, has the support of all Palestinians so that they can effectively help with post-conflict governance, particularly in Gaza. But what it actually looks like um, is really and should be up to Palestinians. Okay, a couple more in the back. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hi. Yeah. I'm great. Hi, John. Thanks. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, President Biden stood by calling President Xi a dictator at the APEC press conference. Um, China's foreign ministry condemned this as, quote, extremely incorrect and irresponsible political manipulation. What is the administration's response or reaction to this? Came away from San Francisco uh, with some concrete deliverables on fentanyl on military-to-military -military communications, on getting our two teams together to start working on, 
artificial intelligence, particularly in the national security realm, uh, there was an awful lot of very good outcomes uh, out of this meeting between President Biden and President Xi. And the president's looking forward. We're looking forward uh, to managing this relationship in a, in a more responsible way and moving things forward, looking for ways where we can cooperate, but also not being afraid to confront where, where, uh, where we can, um, including on the tensions in the South China Sea. So uh, the president's and his whole national security team is, is focused forward now coming out of San Francisco. On a dictator each time you see the president, the president made it very clear he was asked a direct question. He gave a direct answer and he stands by that direct answer. That doesn't mean as true as that statement was, doesn't mean that uh, that uh, there aren't still prospects here to find ways to to cooperate and to compete with China uh, in a more responsible way going forward. And that's where the president's head is. Leaders met that they agreed to meet again or speak again in the near term. They agreed that they would they would uh, meet again, but there was no date put on the calendar. Uh, the, what's really important now is that the military to military comms will begin to start, and even down to the theater commander level, and maybe even lower than that. So that's a that's that's the immediate uh, channels of communication that we're looking at getting back open. Thank you, Kareem. Um, I've got a question about fentanyl, then a question about the Gaza conflict. Um, on fentanyl, the Chinese president committed to uh, reducing the export of fentanyl and fentanyl precursors. Uh, but under President Biden, there have been 200,000 Americans who have stopped breathing and died as a result of these chemicals. Um, as of earlier this year, we're still at record monthly numbers. Um, if there is not a drop in American deaths, will President Biden hold the Chinese president personally responsible? It was really significant what President Xi was willing to commit to. To, for the first time now in several years. I mean, they're really going forward here and willing to take law enforcement action to shut down the export of these ingredients, the precursor chemicals uh, that, uh, that the labs largely in, in our own hemisphere are creating to make fentanyl. It's a big step forward. Um, and, uh, and we're grateful for that. And uh, we'll see how they are in execution. And I think we all need to understand that it may be some time before you see the practical results of this crackdown on the precursors, uh, but we're grateful for that. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not just the precursors, pre precursor, precursor <laughs> chemicals. I'll try it again in English. The, uh, but it's the labs in our own hemisphere um, that are taking those chemicals, those ingredients, making fentanyl, and then and then moving it north up to, uh, to our borders. And it's a serious problem. And uh, again, as the president said at the press conference. Th this agreement will save lives, will save American lives. And President Xi said he was committed to helping with that. Before turning to the second question, just to follow up on that, uh, the Chinese president's in charge of a single party state. He's he said in the past that he'd cracked down on fentanyl and U.S. debts hit an all-time record last year. I mean, is President Biden not going to consider him personally responsible if American debts do not go down? He has said he was going to be personally responsible for stemming the flow of these chemicals out of China. And we're grateful for that. That's gonna, that's gonna take a little bit of time as he goes back to Beijing and puts those processes in place, those law enforcement actions, we're grateful for that. Second question, uh, protesters here in DC and New York across the country, uh, they've settled on a nickname for the president. Uh, they've been calling him Genocide Joe. They wrote it on the gates. Um, do you have a response from the White oh. House to that nickname that they've settled okay. on? We're not worried about nicknames and bumper stickers. I mean, uh, it, it's First Amendment, free speech. Um, 
the president's focused on, as he wrote in his op-ed, on making sure that we can continue to support Israel as they fight a terrible terrorist group, Hamas, um, and as we all work together to get humanitarian assistance in and get people out, including hostages. Um, I, I said this the other day. Again, people can say what they want on on the sidewalk, and that we respect that. That's what the First Amendment's about. But this word genocide is getting thrown around in a pretty inappropriate way by lots of different folks. Uh, what Hamas wants, make no mistake about it, is genocide. They want to wipe Israel off the map. They've said so publicly more than one occasion. In fact, just recently. And they've said that they're not going to stop. What happened on the 7th of October is going to happen again and again and again. And what happened on the 7th of October? Murder, slaughter of innocent people in their homes or at a music festival. That's genocidal intentions. Yes, there are too many civilian casualties in Gaza. Yes, the numbers are too high. Yes, too many families are grieving. And yes, we continue to urge the Israelis to be as careful and cautious as possible. That's not going to stop from the president right on down. But Israel is not trying to wipe the Palestinian people off the map. Israel's not trying to wipe Gaza off the map. Israel's trying to defend itself against a genocidal terrorist threat. So when we're going to start, if we're going to start using that word, fine, let's use it appropriately. Okay, way in the back. I want to ask you about uh, White House advisor Amos Hochstein's visit to Israel. Um, can you give us a... Okay. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's just pull out of that. Genocide Joe. A new nickname. A new nickname for Joe Biden. I honestly had not heard that until now. Genocide Joe. Seems to me somebody's losing the information war. Badly. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow may be too late. Too late, too late, too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. Argentina has a new libertarian president. Javier Milay is being described as a volatile far-right libertarian. And he has vowed to exterminate inflation and take a chainsaw to the state. Oh, 
that's strong language. The other day, well, some people are saying this is Argentina's Donald Trump. You take a chainsaw to the state. Oh, some people are going to be pretty nervous about this guy. With uh, So it looks like he has secured uh, well over half the vote, 55.69% of the vote so far. Uh, looks like they're still counting maybe a few straggling votes, but uh, basically almost 55, 56% of the vote. His, uh, his main rival pulling in only 44%. Sergio Massa. That's his, that was his main opponent. And so he says, the new dude says that uh, the reconstruction of Argentina can now begin. Obviously a new path for Argentina. Let me, <laughs> jeez, this guy's like me. Yeah, this guy's like me. Here's a report from The Guardian, okay, on, on this guy. And check out, <laughs> I think maybe he's, I don't know if he's in the right country or the, the right state. Seems to me this guy might feel a lot more at home down in <laughs> Texas. Oh, hang on a second here. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to give you this other report first, okay? Hang on. I, I had the wrong tab up. This is funny. The way it starts. You're going to love it, folks. You're going to love this. <laughs> this is the Argentina Chainsaw Massacre. Argent from honored with our Argentina's Donald Trump. He's an economist, author of multiple books and economics and politics, it says. He's a character. He became a media personality, finding fame as an economic pundit on TV. Puts on costumes. His alter is General Ancat. He's got a sense of humor. And he's uh, vowing to battle corruption and government mismanagement. And there he is with his chainsaw. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so uh, Argentina is in for a, a heck of a ride with that guy. He'll be a social media rocket. Real firecracker he is. <laughs> Argentina Chainsaw Massacre. Love it. 
but not everybody does. Some people are afeard of him in the worst way. And so the smear campaigns have already started. True or not? I don't know. But some people are saying that he is, and here you can judge for yourself. <laughs> there it is. How long did that take? It was probably circulating before anyway. Look, he's right there on the World Economic Forum website. Can't trust him. <laughs> Let's go to the uh, website and see if we can find him. How about that? You want to do that together? Yeah, let's. Let's see if it's true. Okay, let me get the spelling of his name correct so that we can do a proper search. There we go. I don't know. Because, you know, you always see these things, right? And then you never know if it's true or if it isn't. Oh, come on. Stupid computer. I'm wrestling with the computer to get you the, uh, to get you this. Now, come on. Do it again. There we go. All right. I'm going to do the search. Here we go. Oh. Why is it doing that? It shouldn't do that. I'll just punch it in manually. Okay. Javier Mille. There it is. Okay. And there it is. So we can confirm tonight, definitively, without question, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he is on the World Economic Forum website. Javier Milai. 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 Chief Economist Corporation America International. Says he has two. He was with the Universidad de Belgrano, Argentina. Two masters in economics. Universidad Torquato di Tella and CEDES, IDES, former head economist, Estudio Broda and the Maxima, AFJP, senior economist, HSBC Argentina, advisor of the Argentine government, ICSID, currently head economist, Corporación America, a B20, G20 advisor, and member of Group of Economic Policy. ICC G20 since 2012 leads the Division of Economic Studies. Foundation Acordar, a think tank of national scope for more than 20 years, university professor of macroeconomics, economics of growth, microeconomics, and mathematics for economists. It has written over 50 academic papers. So the guy's no slouch. And even though he dresses up in colorful costumes, and uh, makes a splash. 
it looks like he's the real deal. He's an economist with real credentials, but also ties to the WEF. So we'll see. Is he really like Donald Trump? Or is he just another plant? Time will tell. Now, what else do we have for you this evening? We have Elon Musk posting this about Microsoft. What's he saying here? This is not anti-Semitic stuff or anything related to that. Controversy says here, this is all about AI, artificial intelligence. He says, Microsoft is currently conducting the largest infrastructure build-out that humanity has ever seen. While that may seem like hyperbole, look at the annual spend of mega projects, such as nationwide rail networks, dams, or even space programs, such as the Apollo moon landings. And they all pale in comparison to the $50 billion annual spend on data centers of Microsoft has penned in for 2024 and beyond. This infrastructure build-out is aimed squarely at accelerating the path to AGI and bringing the intelligence of generative AI, artificial intelligence, to every facet of life. It's coming, folks, whether we like it or not. And it will transform our world. It already is transforming our world. Artificial intelligence is having a serious impact on politics, the way we view current affairs, and information warfare. Artificially generated Images, memes, and even videos, completely computer-generated or computer-enhanced, designed to manipulate your mind, to make you think in a particular way. John Kirby, in that news conference, making, well, being asked about the accusations that the Israelis attacked their own people with helicopter gunships on October 7th, and that they're the ones responsible for killing not only Hamas fighters, but also Israeli citizens. That's the accusation. I've heard it repeatedly, and I've seen a lot of stuff online that is completely fake, a lot of videos and stills, and recycled old footage, which we were told was current, new, which wasn't. Yeah, and I got duped on at least one occasion, ran some footage that I thought was real, and it wasn't. It was old footage recycled from another country. But the captions were completely misleading. And so artificial intelligence, yeah, I mean, that all the propaganda coming out of uh, Israel, Gaza, the information war there, 
I would say be very, very careful, folks. It's beyond distasteful. As you know, I do not like liars and I do not like people who deceive. And that goes double for governments or any entity organization that seeks to mislead the public with bogus information and fake imagery and video. It's, we're getting into a very dangerous place with this stuff. And it's pretty clear to me, the West, the United States, Israel, definitely losing, losing the information warfare battle. We'll have more to say about it in the days ahead, I'm sure. And AI is also going to completely transform the workplace. It is going to be incredibly disruptive. I think what is likely to happen initially in the short run is people with high-paying, white-collar jobs, professionals, everyone from doctors, lawyers, maybe even mathematicians and physicists, will find themselves out of work. Yeah, a lot of good that education does, yeah? Yeah, the computer can do it faster, generate answers faster, and even reason and extrapolate, extrapolate logical conclusions and strategize with artificial generative intelligence. That's a computer reasoning things out. That means if you went to school and you have a job where you sit around and think, the computer can outthink you. So once those folks lose their jobs, what are they going to do? They're going to be out there competing for low-paying, low-skilled, labor-intensive jobs. Assembly line work barely exists anymore because mechanization, automation has taken all of that to a whole new level. There's a factory not very far from here that manufactures airbags for cars. I've been through the place. It's almost like a, oh, it's eerie to walk through the place. It's a huge facility with gigantic machines that weave together the fabric for these automotive safety airbags, and there's barely any humans in the place. All they do is load the machines and take the finished product off the end of the assembly line. It's about it. And then they do have a driver who drives away or drivers who drive away with the finished product in trucks. And soon, even that, I suspect, will be a thing of the past. Yeah. Huge change is coming, man. And we are not ready. Human beings are going to have to adapt. And we've barely been able to adjust to the social media that we're uh, you know, subjected to every day. Media literacy still evolving, the technology evolving much faster than us. 
we're still trying to figure out how to deal with issues like censorship and what our kids should be allowed to watch and what they shouldn't be, what to do with adult content online, and what to do <laughs> when democracy itself is under threat because artificial intelligence is being used online through social media to manipulate the way we think and the way we vote. That will be a factor in this upcoming presidential election and in the federal election in Canada as well next year. No doubt. Of course, the issues will come to bear as well. And in Canada, those big issues, as we approach the next federal election, um, include housing and jobs. Well, tomorrow in Canada, the federal government will be coming forth with an economic statement. But ahead of that today, the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, Pierre Polyev, had this to say about those billions of dollars that are going to automotive companies and specifically Stellantis, which is a big multinational corporation the parent company for companies like Chrysler, which used to be an all-American car company, one of the big three. Now it's just part of Stellantis, which also owns companies like Alfa Romeo, many other brands, automotive brands from around the world. Well, apparently, all this money that is being poured into Stellantis by the Canadian government the people, a lot of the people working that will be working on the electrification of the auto plants, the Stellantis plants in Canada, they aren't even Canadian citizens or won't be. So this has turned into something of an issue, even um, a scandal of sorts, a new one, because some people say that that's a, an inappropriate use of federal taxpayer dollars. Hate to say it, but I told you so. Now we learn that the $15 billion grant to the Stellantis plant will fund mostly jobs for non-Canadians, not immigrants. We love jobs for immigrants. Jobs for people who are not Canadian citizens and will not be Canadian citizens. They will come here get a taxpayer-funded paycheck and take it back to their country. I love South Korea. Wonderful country. But they don't fund jobs for Canadians, and we shouldn't fund jobs for their workers. Our money should fund our paychecks. Bring it home. That's why common sense conservatives are demanding a, a full inquiry into how many of these taxpayer-funded jobs are going to temporary foreign workers. We want a commitment that none of the money should go to temporary foreign workers, should only come to Canadians. This is a $15 billion grant to one company. $15 billion works out to $1,000 for every single Canadian family. You got 15 million families in Canada. You got $15 billion for this one company. Every family in Canada will give $1,000 to this plant. And now we know that the majority of the jobs won't even go to Canadians. 
that Justin Trudeau is not worth the cost. Wow. So that was from today and then clipped out and uh, posted on his website. <sighs> Do you have an extra grand kicking around to just throw at a big multinational corporation? How does that sound? Yeah, well, that's what they've done. They've taken food off everyone's table, tables, right across the country, and they've handed that to Stellantis. And that's not the only company. That's just one. You also have Volkswagen. You have all the auto companies. You have the parts plants. Other companies partnering with them to produce battery plants. The money, the government money being poured into the electrification of the auto industry is mind-boggling. Who has an extra grand? Hardly anybody to cough up for these big companies. That's what's fueling inflation. Money printing and debt. Overspending. And this is really not overspending. It's just, it's also inappropriate spending, in my opinion. And uh, housing, also a big issue. Housing crisis, housing shortage, mass immigration. Not enough supply, way more demand. Prices are on the increase. This is what happened today in the House of Commons during question period. Here we go. Oh, question, questions orales, l'honorable chef de l'opposition. After eight years of this liberal government, this prime minister is just not worth the costs. According to the PBO and the governor of the Bank of Canada, I'm right. This liberal prime minister is adding to inflation and interest rates. Scotiabank has said that these deficits are increasing interest rates by 2%. That means another $700 per month for paying the average mortgage. Before Canadians lose their homes, Will this prime minister finally accept my common sense plan and announce a date and a plan for balancing the budget and reducing inflation and interest rates? The Honorable President of the Treasury Board. Mr. Speaker, unlike the Conservatives, our government has a plan to help Canadians to get through this difficult period. For example, we are helping 4 million Canadians with the Canada Workers' Benefit. We are also helping 6 million Canadians thanks to in indexing old age security. What is the Conservative plan? No, the fact is they don't have one. Speaker, after eight years, this Prime Minister is not worth the cost of mortgage payments, which are already up 150%, and the Bank of Canada and the Parliamentary Budget Officer now agree with me that his deficits are driving up interest rates. Scotiabank says deficits are driving mortgage rates up 2%. That works out to $700 per month. While carpenters and nurses are already living in their cars, and the IMF says Canada's 
mortgage holders that are the most at risk of crisis. Will the Prime Minister prime finally accept my common sense plan and announce the date and the plan to balance the budget and bring down interest rates on Canadian mortgages so people don't lose their homes? The Honourable President of the Treasury Board. Mr. Speaker, let's be clear and accurate. Much of that spending referred to by the Leader of the Opposition was provincial in nature, not federal, Mr. Speaker. And in addition, unlike the Conservatives, Mr. Speaker, we actually have a plan to help Canadians, especially vulnerable Canadians. And the Deputy Prime Minister will table additional aspects of that plan tomorrow in the fall economic statement. But let's be clear, we are here for Canadians every single step of the way, unlike the party opposite that votes against every single time, Mr. Speaker. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, the Prime Minister's plan is to increase mortgage payments by 150%, which he's already done. And now, Scotiabank says government deficits have added two percentage points to interest rates. That works out to $700 a month, or $8,400 a year in higher mortgage payments linked directly to deficits, including the massive deficits by this government. A year ago, they promised a balanced budget. They broke the promise six months later. Will they come back tomorrow with a plan to balance the budget so we can bring down interest rates and inflation so that Canadians can keep their homes. Yes. The Honourable Minister for Housing. Uh, Mr. Speaker, with respect, we have a plan that's going to build more homes, it's going to restore a level of affordability in the market. Where we are cutting taxes on home builders, he wants to raise them. Where we are funding cities to increase their ambition on home building, he wants to cut them. Mr. Speaker, it is hard to accept criticisms from a member of the House of Commons who, when he had the opportunity to be the minister responsible for housing, had access to $300 million and only got 99 homes built. Mr. Speaker, we are going to build homes and we are going to build them by the millions. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, when I was Housing Minister, mortgage payments were less than half of what they are now, and rent was less than half of what it is now. Those are the hard realities. And now his plan, the Prime Minister's plan, is to quadruple the carbon tax. Quadruple it. That will increase the cost of gas, heat, groceries, and yes, even housing, because it takes trucks to ship those building materials. We know that we will have a carbon tax election to decide on whether we ax the tax as I choose or whether we hike it as he promises. But can we accept a Canadian compromise and at least freeze the tax in the meantime? Yes or no? No, they won't do it. Minister for Housing and Infrastructure. Uh, Mr. Speaker, it's interesting to listen to this version of revisionist history of the Honourable Member's time as the Minister responsible for housing. If we actually go back and look at the numbers, you're going to see that he actually had housing starts less than 200,000 a year. Mr. Speaker, this morning we've seen data that shows that we're on pace to build more than 256,000 this year. If we want to compare apples to apples, Mr. Speaker, we're going to make a difference. Do you like apples? We're going to beat his numbers. How do you like them apples? Oh, he's going to have to pull out an apple and start munching. 
honorable leader of the opposition. I think the minister should stick to photo ops because comedy is surely not his thing. <laughs> Neither are numbers, Mr. Speaker. Everything the Prime Minister has said about the Stellantis subsidy is proven false. One, it's billions of dollars over budget before shovels in the ground, years behind payback even before the project begins. And he claimed that it was going to create jobs for Canadians. We now learn that at least 1,500 or a majority of the jobs are going to go to temporary foreign workers. Will the Prime Minister release the contract now so that we can find out how much Canadian taxpayers are going to have to spend to give paychecks to South Korean workers? The Honourable Minister for Housing and Infrastructure. Mr. Speaker, during the COVID-19 pandemic, he opposed spending that was supporting families. Now, during a national housing crisis, he opposes government investments that are actually going to get more homes built. And when we have the opportunity to make generational investments that's going to gain a toehold in a new industry, he opposes it without vision for what the future economy could be when we create many thousands of jobs. Mr. Speaker, we're going to continue to invest in the Canadian economy and put workers in, in make sure they bring home paychecks that are going to put food on the table for their families. Here, here. The Honourable Member for La Prairie. Okay. So, they just keep doing the same stupid things over and over again. In my honest opinion. We have too much inflation because they've been printing too much money and spending too much money. They've been giving all kinds of money to big companies to electrify the auto industry there. Uh, they've been handing out money to all kinds of different companies. They gave out tons of money during COVID. That's the liberal way. That's what they always do. If they see a problem, they just throw money at it. If they want votes, they just buy them. They just say, hey, here's a program or here's a tax rebate thingy on this and they tax the crap out of you and then give you some of it back and tell you you should be grateful and lie about how much you're getting back and tell you that you're getting more back than you paid in tax and that the HST, the harmonized sales tax on fuels, the rebate you get offsets what you were paying. So you're really paying nothing, which is a giant lie. And they always take a direct approach to the housing thing, too. It's like just, oh, we need houses. We'll just build them. Oh, how are you doing that? With tax money. $1.8 we saw committed in the province of Quebec alone over the past week. So they can build high-density housing units, high-rises, small apartments in a very condensed area in big cities like Montreal. Jam them in there. That's the response. That's the solution that they've come up with for the housing crisis and, by extension, the immigration crisis. Just build government, shall I dare I say it, slums. Don't address the root problems. Just build shoeboxes and stuff them in. Therein lies your 15-minute city. Everything will be within 15 minutes. Nobody gets cars. Everybody lives. Well, all these people who are in those areas will be stuffed into very tight quarters, living together. Can you imagine putting 
a bunch of Palestinian refugees into a highly, into a very densely populated city, right? And just having them live right next to a bunch of Israelis. Talk about throwing fuel on a fire. Well, it seems like that's where we're going with these guys out in um, British Columbia. They passed some new legislation. Let me see if I can find it here for you. New legislation to create. Well, they're saying it's more... um, Small-scale and multi-unit housing. So there's this aspect of it. Now, this is provincial stuff. But you're going to be seeing similar strategies used nationwide. And this is only one part of what I'm talking about. So here's a report about municipalities will be forced to allow more townhomes, multiplexes, and laneway homes. So this is in the suburbs that these will be smaller housing units to allow for, what else, more density. And it says generally the requirements will allow a minimum of one secondary unit or one laneway home in all single family or duplex residential homes. Within municipalities, more than 5,000 people zoning will allow for three to four units in select areas on single family or duplex, duplex lots, depending on lot size. So they're going to jam more housing units on two smaller pieces of land. A minimum of six units will be allowed in select areas zoned for larger single family or duplex residential located close to transit stops with frequent service. So that's the strategy that we're seeing now is build lots of housing next to public transit centers, hubs. It says municipalities covered by the legislation may permit additional density if desired, additional density on top, but cannot have bylaws that allow for fewer permitted units than the provincial legislation. So they're going to make this mandatory. They're going to take the power for zoning out of the hands of municipalities and make the wishes of the provincial government mandatory. Make those provincial and even federal high density targets mandatory impose them upon the lower levels of government. It's not just that though. I may have lost the tab on this, so let me just find it again. It's also about what's going on in big cities. The B.C. government um, is, is going to allow, allow high-rise residential towers of up to 20 stories near all SkyTrain stations and up to 12 stories near bus exchanges. High-density, transit-oriented development will be the law of the land in British Columbia. And here's, this is a smaller media outlet reporting on this. right here, and I'll show you that this is where 
the future is going out in British Columbia. And I would say across Canada. Government of BC introduced new landmark legislation to enable significantly more residential density, density, densification. That's the catchphrase in the areas around major transit hubs defined as SkyTrain stations and bus exchanges. This represents another major move by the provincial government that overrides municipal governments in a bid to combat the housing affordability and supply crisis. The densification adjacent to transit hubs will also serve to increase ridership on TransLink and BC Transit. Now, of course, all this thinking is based primarily on um, and is centered on public transit as it exists today. So monorails, um, bus, mainly bus terminals. There will be some exceptions, however. The densification requirements will apply to residential or mixed-use residential land uses, zoning under commercial, agricultural, and industrial land uses, as well as First Nations reserve lands and federal and safety considerations for airports, including Richmond, will not apply. So for all SkyTrain stations in Metro Vancouver, municipal governments will be required to allow minimum residential building heights of up to 20 stories for sites within 200 meters of a station, up to 12 stories for sites between 201 and 400 meters from a station, and up to eight stories for sites 401 meters to 800 meters from a station. It says building height is one determinant for the number of new homes that can be built near these transit hubs. But another major factor is permissible floor area ratio density. Blah, 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 blah. The point is densification is the uh, order of the day. You're going to see a lot more people packed into smaller spaces, and it's all going to be centered around public transit. And that, that is what your 15-minute cities is going to look like. It's about putting people into smaller areas, getting people out of cars, making them take public transit or encouraging it and not really providing any parking or very little because they don't want people in those highly, those, those densely populated areas really having a lot of cars. Take those out of the mix. So that's one version of the future. Now, that is going to happen. Um, Again, that's coming whether we like it or not. And I'm not crazy about the idea of more densification because with that kind of approach, you're going to amplify a lot of other problems. And I showed you studies a few nights ago that show this really amounts to a, an experiment and the studies that I showed you, every single one of them have shown that wherever government has tried this kind of urban planning, it has not really turned out very well. But the jury is still out on exactly how these kinds of densification goals might be met in a positive way. The problem is, is that High, highly high density populations amplify problems. It's like 
you know, you get, you, you can really look at what some of those problems or challenges are simply by looking at big cities where you already have high population density. New York, Tokyo, a lot of people crammed into a very small space. Study that, you'll get some answers. This is a slightly different approach. The concern I have is that it's all being driven by government, not by the market, not by free will or free choice of people, by the market. Rather by government, they're they're forcing this, they're planning it, and you do need urban planning. Don't get me wrong; you have to. You need to be able to plan what a city is going to look like, where your streets going to go, where your sewer systems and your infrastructure. You need all of that stuff. But if people don't have a choice, you know, if they're just kind of jammed in there. It takes, it takes the human element out of it, you know, and it becomes very autocratic. Worried about it. I'm not so much worried about all the digital surveillance and stuff. I mean, we already have that. I'm, I'm worried. I don't like that stuff, but people are worried about the, you know, a lot of, and you can be worried about it if you want to be. You're already being tracked. So you know, that's, that's a, a different kettle of fish. It's just jamming a lot of people into a small space that, concerns me the most because you're going to you're just asking for a, a heap of trouble as far as i'm concerned because like these liberals always do this they just take a direct line and just think that's going to solve the problem we need houses we'll just build some houses how are you going to do it oh well you know it's not really about the free market it's just just get some government money we'll just build them just tax people and build them tax and build. And then, and then, you know, tax spend on the building. Then go back and tax some more. I don't know. And then some people do get rich because of the government make work projects that it creates for a while. And so it looks for a little while, like the economy is booming and everything's great. But when these government programs run out and the government money runs dry, and they've thrown weird price and supply signals at the market because it's all been government skewed. And things start to go a little haywire or a lot haywire, which is what we're going through right now with the economy. Well, then, then they have to rethink things usually. That's where we end up. It ain't cool, man. And that's what Pierre Polyev is talking about. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in a month or two or three? Can you afford another $700 a month on your mortgage? A lot of families will have to find that someplace. That's massive inflation. And at the grocery store, I'm already seeing every time I go there, 20, 30% more, 40%, even 50% more just in the last few years, cumulative price increases. You know, quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter. Oh, it's only up like 3%. It's only up 5%. It's up 5.6% over the last quarter, you know, or month over month even. And so over three, four years, that's compounding. 
30% more for groceries, that means you have 30% less spending power. Your money is worth 30% less. You took a 30% wage cut. Tax on you. It's disgusting. But, you know, that's also because people during the pandemic sat there and with their hands out and they said, gimme, 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 gimme. Now, the government was quite happy to do it, to keep everybody locked down and docile. Just pay them off. They'll think they're getting free money. We'll demand it back later, either through, rep, re, either through repayment, <laughs> higher taxes, or inflation. And you're getting hit with all three because Trudeau has completely screwed up the economy. But you know, the future does not have to be like that. It doesn't have to be the Justin Trudeau 15 minute future. It can be something much bolder, much brighter, much more positive. And there are solutions to these congestion problems. Nothing worse than driving in Toronto traffic. I've driven in Los Angeles. They say LA traffic is among the worst in the world. Well, I can tell you, folks, it's nothing. Compared to Toronto, Toronto, S-U-C-K-S, sucks. When I go to Toronto, you know what? You got to get your butt out of there before 3 p.m. or you're stuck for hours, as I'm sure all of our Toronto Maverick fam members understand. When I go up, I got to get out of there. I go early in the morning do my business, do what I got to do. And then I hightail it out of there and I try to get back as far as, you know, Kitchener, KW, Cambridge, get back into that zone, get out of there. And then you're kind of free and clear at that point. It's smooth sailing, but traffic is off awful. But when we come back, we'll show you that um, there's a solution to traffic congestion. And I'm kind of pumped about it. I kind of like it. They've got it figured out. The future is right around the corner. Hello, world. Are you awake? Uniting humankind. By liberating millions of minds at a time. Maverick News. The world is watching. I've been seeing all kinds of progress made on flying cars. When I was a kid, I used to watch the Jetsons. Meet George Jetson, Jane, his wife, his son, Elroy. Well, that was exciting. That was the Flintstones in the sky. <laughs> oh, and we all yearned for that, didn't we? Like, well, where are they, man? Well, you know, actually... Flying cars have been around for quite a while, quite a long time. They've just never been viable. 
I've seen flying cars. Basically airplanes with wheels on them, folding wings, all kinds of different designs. Nothing ever really took hold. Very difficult, right? Because you needed a runway, some way to get lift off. You had to like drive out to an airport sort of thing. And then you could drive away as a, you know, in a car. But now drone technology, vertical takeoff and landing vehicles, VTOLs. It's changing the game. And Hyundai has come up with a complete system. In the last week, there was an economic forum. I believe it was in New York City. No, was it Shanghai? Anyway. Yeah, it was in China, I think. Maybe it was New York. I can't remember. Too many of them. Anyway, I have this report that I put together for the SSD car show. I'm going to share it with you here now. And it's about Hyundai's vision for the future. Korean company. Yeah, I know. Government money going to South Korea, right? Just talked about that. But this is a company to keep an eye on. They are on the cutting edge. And they have come up with a whole plan for sort of mini airports in, in the middle of cities and in urban areas with like sky taxis. And it's pretty cool, the whole idea. I, over the last few years, I've seen a lot of talk about flying cars and things, but this, baby, this is just the ticket, I think. It really kind of is. Uh, because it's not just that they've developed a flying car that's viable in conjunction or in cooperation with other companies. They have a system. And you could be building these mini airports, heliports in these densely populated areas or even in other areas. And you could just hop in your regular land-based cruising mobile or maybe even an autonomously driven super taxi or whatever. But anyway, you could hightail it over to one of these heliports Check in, climb aboard, and be to a destination hundreds of miles away in a fraction of the time that it would take to drive a normal vehicle. And then get out and hail an Uber or a taxi or whatever, and then go to your other destination at the other end. This will bring the, close, the world closer together. It'll be a shrinking world. It's pretty cool stuff. I'm going to pick up the SST car show here now. There will be a short commercial break from that show as we pick it up. Uh, but on the other side of the, uh, the commercial break, the report will run and then we'll come back and we'll discuss it, comment on it, and we'll share some other flying car designs uh, and ideas that have come out just within, well, just within days, the last couple of days. So this is all fresh stuff, new ideas. New innovation, cutting edge, and uh, let's take to the skies, shall we? Here we go.
Wrap yourself in a full high-definition cinema experience at home. With tonight's special offer, the ST800 Premium Cinema Projector from Super Geeks. Connects to almost any video source, even computers, phones, and video game systems. Order tonight at a special clearance price of just $99. That's right, regular $259 on sale for just $99. Accepts 4K input. Projects onto screens, walls, anywhere in full HD. Compact design makes it perfect for backyard movie nights. Multi-layer coated lens. Long life LED bulb. Cool, quiet operation. Regular $259 on sale for just $99. Call 1-866-248-1490 to order or visit supergeeksuperstore.com. Put a little Hollywood into your home with the ST800 Premium Home Cinema Projector from Super Geeks. Sally hates paying for cable TV, so she got the Super Geeks Super Tana. Sally called 1-866-248-1490 and ordered online at the supergeeksuperstore.com. Now she watches dozens of high-definition TV channels for free. Sally gets all the major networks and specialty channels. Even old classic shows, you can too. And save money every month. 100% legal. No more monthly fees. Her picture quality is as good as or better than cable. She even gets channels the cable company don't offer. Compact enough to mount in your attic or on your balcony. And tough enough to mount on your roof. Plus, the Super Tana comes with a video amplifier and wireless remote control. Call 1-866-248-1490. That's 1-866-248-1490. Get smart, like Sally, and order your Super Tana at supergeeksuperstore.com. Millions suffer from hearing loss. Super Q Hearing Buds from Sound of Life are today's newest solution. Affordable and fashionable. Only you'll know you're wearing a hearing aid because these look like modern wireless earbuds. People will think you're using them with a cell phone or to listen to music. But Super Q Hearing Buds are actually high-tech digital hearing amplifiers. The reviews are conclusive. Super Q Hearing Buds are amazing. Recharge quickly, wear all day. Each bud is specially molded for a snug fit, one for the left ear, one for the right. Super Q Hearing Buds, simple one-tap operation, allows easy volume adjustment with digital noise reduction. Call 1-866-248-1490 to order. On sale, half price, just $129.99. Or order online, supergeeksuperstore.com. Order with no risk, quality and satisfaction guaranteed. Do you want to know what's really going on? Get to the truth behind the headlines. With freedom-focused cutting-edge programs on the all-new Maverick News Channel, The Rick Walker Show, The Freedom Reporters, and The Brandon Kennedy Show, broadcasting online every night from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Or watch anytime, on demand, at maverickneuschannel.com. Go to maverickneuschannel.com and defrag your mind. New freedom-focused journalism grounded in reality for a world that has gone insane you are watching sst hey everyone i'm rick walker welcome back to the sst car show hyundai has a vision for the future for mobility and it's in the air it's also electric yes we're talking about flying cars here folks and one of the first steps that hyundai knows needs to be taken is to develop sort of a new version of an airport lots of them in urban centers. Check this out. 
In an effort to realize its vision for advanced air mobility, Hyundai Motor Group, alongside its AAM company, Supernal, made a significant push for public-private partnerships at this year's Bloomberg New Economy Forum in Singapore. Hyundai is a founding partner of the forum, which was established in 2018. Furthering the human experience has always fascinated me. I remember as a young boy watching the first space missions. It was life-changing. We are now entering another key moment in history. Transportation innovations are converging, yet journeys remain inefficient. We see advanced air mobility as a safe, clean, accessible solution. The skies above us will open up new routes in urban and underserved locations. These will save time and enhance existing transport networks. Leading Supernal takes me back to the first pioneers of travel, that spirit of adventure, as we look ahead to the next journey. This year, the event brought together over 400 influential figures, including CEOs, leaders, visionaries, scientists, entrepreneurs, and policymakers. In global, global uh, airline business, there are about 34,000 uh, aircraft. So uh, when, when I saw the number, I was actually very surprised that in order to support the global uh, demand, uh, only 30 some thousand aircraft can uh, actually do that. It's because it's an extremely high utilization. So aviation industry is low volume, but extremely high utilization. Uh, on, on, on the other side of the uh, uh, you know, coin, the uh, automotive industry is extremely high volume, but very low utilization. So cars that you own probably uh, you know, 23 hours a day, the car probably will be sitting in the parking lot. So um, this advanced air mobility will come somewhere in between. So uh, when it scales up uh, because of the convenience and time saving and safety, which is the most important, people will start see the value and benefits. And when it scales up, uh, we believe the inflection point will come pretty quickly. Just like uh, cell phones, you, you probably couldn't imagine uh, how we lived when the cell phones didn't exist. Mm. So I think uh, the advanced air mobility will have a very similar impact to our uh, just personal lives. So when it, when it happens like that, um, the name of the game is, again, how to, how to deliver these hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of these aircraft uh, to meet the demand. And that's why the mass production capability that uh, Hyundai Motor Group has is essential to bring this new capability to uh, customers. And, and Is there a rough uh, estimate of that sweet spot where cost and profitability make sense? Yes. So uh, you, you have to uh, make this uh, affordable to the general public. And we're talking about and what? The big, big way to do it is uh, bring down the unit cost uh, when you make uh, these uh, each unit. And so that's why mass production is so important. And uh, also making uh, uh, aircraft as safe as possible 
and then um, uh, maintenance easy. And that relates to also manufacturing and design. So by uh, reducing the operating cost, uh, you will be able to make it affordable. Supernal is a U.S.-based mobility service provider and part of Hyundai Motor Group. The company is developing an advanced air mobility electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicle and aims to integrate it into existing transit options. Hyundai has produced these promotional videos to illustrate the company's vision for the future. Supernal's vision for advanced air mobility is expansive. Our network of vertiports will serve entire cities, offering clean, efficient transportation to all. We've considered every aspect of your journey from the first mile to the last. And for this trip, we'll begin at the beginning. Many passengers will arrive at the vertiport by fully autonomous robotaxis. The future isn't as far away as you think. Others may arrive by rideshare, bus, or train, as numerous forms of ground transportation will be connected to the Supernal Vertiport network. And since vertiports are designed to be universal mobility hubs, they'll offer other advantages, such as clean, carbon-neutral charging for everything from cars and buses to e-bikes and scooters. Well, it's time to head inside and catch a quick flight across town. Supernal's goal is to redefine what people expect from air travel. After all, a remarkable new form of mobility deserves a remarkably new passenger experience to match. Inside, you'll find some tech innovations and all the comforts, like food, drinks, and coffee, as well as comfy spots to relax, plug in, and wait for your flight. Now, let's take a look at the control room, the command center of the Vertiport. It's equipped with an entirely new airspace management system that tracks and adjusts flights throughout the city and advanced weather sensing technology that monitors local conditions in real time. It all works together to keep operations running safely and smoothly. Back in the unrestricted area, we can see all the arrivals and departures. And it looks like our next generation all-electric air vehicle is about to arrive. But that's an announcement for another time. Stay tuned. Don't go away. There's more SST right after this. Well, no need to uh, to wait for SST because I'm right here. I'm back. Now, I got to say, I'm pumped. <laughs> Do you, do, you, do you see what that will do? You build these heliports. It solves so many problems and makes life, well, I think it improves the quality of life for everyone because no, you, they talk about building high-speed rail. You don't need it. So you don't need to build high-speed rail. It's in the air. You solve tons of your traffic congestion problems because it's in the air. You get people into flying cars. You don't need to build highways everywhere with overpasses stacked on top of each other. You can just have people in vehicles flying on top of each other and you don't have to build any infrastructure. 
It's already there. You just need a system to make sure that people don't fly into each other. And with satellites, GPS, and advanced technology, you can uh, you can make sure that these these things don't fly into each other. Sensors to make sure that they see everything around them. And it will bring cities closer together. Like literally, it's like a time condenser, a time machine. You drive down there, you hop on one of these things. I could drive down, get on one in my town and be in Toronto, which would normally be about a three, three and a half hour drive. I could be there in like 20 minutes. High speed air travel with heliports right in the center of your town. And it would be economical. It would be an alternative to driving everywhere. I think it's pretty cool myself. Now, am I thrilled about the idea of them all being electric? No, but you could still do it with gasoline or aviation fuel. Same thing. It's just a different kind of fuel. But anyway, however they end up doing it, I just like the idea of being able to get places way faster. And I love the idea of, uh, of putting it into the air so that you don't need to build all that additional infrastructure, which is a huge expense to society. You just keep stacking them higher and higher if you need to. Air lanes, right? There's so much potential there. That's the future. It's coming. It's absolutely coming. And, you know, that's the public transit version of air mobility. But there's also, you know, single passenger air cars, flying cars as well. Here's, uh, here's an example of one. And I believe this is out of China. They're always on the cutting edge of stuff in China. And uh, let's just take a look. This is this is a fresh design as well. Xpeng. And there's another company out there that um, has just unveiled, just shown. It's it's just, it just had their first flight, actually, of the Samson Sky Switchblade. It's a flying sports car. So this is a single passenger version of a flying car. <clears throat> I don't know how many seats. It might be might be like a two seater thing. But it's pretty cool, too. But all these, this one here, though, it's a different design. I don't think this is going to, if you'll excuse the pun, fly. Because its design um, still needs a runway. So, yeah, I think they've kind of missed the point. But here's, this is just, re just revealed fresh this week. Samson Switchblade.
see, it's got that propeller in the back. Flies. That guy stole his door. Uh, I'm going to say no. I mean, it's okay. You could buy one, but it's 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 just an airplane that you can drive around after like a car, but you need a runway. Mm -mm -mm, don't think like that. That's old school thinking, see? And they're um I think that that design, it's so passe. It was so yesterday. Nope. So I'm I'm saying no to that one. What am I possibly saying to yes to? I'm saying maybe yes to. How about air racing? Yeah, there's um, a whole sport that is evolving. Air racing, flying car racing series. This is from Air Speeder. And this is an update from them. I've done reports with them in the past and this is pretty cool stuff so this is like auto racing in the sky check this out here we go oops come on there we go there it is Alada Aeronautics, a leading manufacturer of performance flying cars, has unveiled the Airspeeder MK4, the first crewed version of its flying racing car. Designed and built in Adelaide, South Australia, the Airspeeder MK4 is the world's fastest eVTOL aircraft. Capable of reaching a top speed of 360 km per hour in just 30 seconds from a standing start, it's designed to set the bar for performance and technology in the radical new sport of piloted airspeeder racing. With its sophisticated electric propulsion system, advanced aerodynamics, and a takeoff weight of just 950 kilograms, the Airspeeder MK4 is also extremely efficient, with a projected range of 300 kilometers while producing near-zero emissions. The new aircraft is a development of the remotely piloted MK3, which has successfully completed more than 350-plus test flights and took part in two Airspeeder demonstration races in South Australia in 2022. 
Like all airspeeders, the MK4 is intended primarily for racing, so is designed for maximum agility at high speeds and low altitudes. Two technologies inspired by the space industry give the vehicle its unprecedented speed, maneuverability, and range. The Airspeeder MK4 is powered by a 1000 kW turbo generator that feeds power to the batteries and motors. Specifically designed for use in eVTOLs, this revolutionary technology allows green hydrogen to be used as fuel, providing safe, reliable, and sustainable power over long distances and flight times. The MK4 has a projected range of over 300 kilometers or 188 miles. A Lauda Aeronautics Demonstrator Thunderstrike engine incorporates a unique combustor made using 3D printing techniques, developed in the space industry for rocket engines. The combustor's design keeps the hydrogen flame temperature relatively low, greatly reducing nitrous oxide emissions. Hydrogen is an ideal fuel for future aviation, and specifically personal urban air travel. It has a high energy density and can be stored in a lightweight, compact form, making it suitable for small aircraft. It's also non-toxic and produces no emissions except pure water, so it doesn't cause air pollution. Further to this, because hydrogen gas is lighter than air, it will simply rise and disperse into the atmosphere in the event of a leak, reducing the risk of fire or explosion. As well as taking the existing eVTOL industry into the next generation H2E eVTOL era, this technology has the potential to significantly reduce emissions and create a sustainable future for individual air travel. Most eVTOL steer using tilt rotors, which are simply positioned vertically for takeoff and landing and horizontally while cruising. In contrast, the MK4 maneuvers using a unique gimbaled thrust system, whereby an artificial intelligence flight controller individually adjusts four rotor pairs mounted on lightweight 3D-printed gimbals. This makes the MK4 not only fast in a straight line, but also able to maneuver with the incredible precision essential in close-action racing. In fact, it handles less like a multi-copter and more like a jet fighter or Formula One racing car. Allowed Aerospace plans to begin flight testing the MK4 chassis and powertrain, including the first crewed flights of the airframe, in the first quarter of 2023. The aircraft will be ready to take the start line at the Airspeeder Racing Championship in 2024. So what does that remind you of? Reminds me of pod racing in Star Wars. Phantom Menace. Star Wars Phantom Menace. Yeah, check it out. I mean, just look. Just take a look. Let me bring that up. This was in a galaxy far, far away. But uh, those flying cars... They're right here. Remember this? Science fiction becoming science reality. I'm going to change the speed. Just do it in slow-mo, shall we? Pretty cool stuff. There's Anakin. Anakin, my boy. Use the force, dude. Oh, no. Oh, my God.
See, they weren't using their GPS. He was just using the force and he got smushed. Don't do that. Don't do that. So, yeah, that's what's coming. That's what's coming. I think it's pretty cool myself. Don't go away when we come back. The White House Christmas tree with Jill Biden, and then we'll go to the phones. So stick with me. There's more ahead right after this. Hello, world. Are you awake? Uniting humankind by liberating millions of minds at a time. Maverick News. The world is watching. can't believe that they're playing Christmas music in the stores already. But I guess we are only about a month away from having a holly jolly good time and old St. Nick coming to visit. And today the, uh, the Christmas tree arrived at the white house and there with bells on, was the first lady. I just thought we'd dip in and take a look at uh, this old tradition, this old Christmas tree tradition being served up in an old-fashioned way to sort of contrast what we were just looking at, these cities of the future and flying cars and such. Here we go. This was the the event today. They killed a tree, murdered it for Christmas. Ah, uh, the poor tree. It's pretty big. It's not like quite like a Charlie Brown tree, but I'm sorry for it. Oh, 
Oh, more kids. Yeah. I feel like this is a Mr. Rogers kind of a thing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Won't you be my friend? Won't you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? At the White House with the Budweiser horses. Don't drink and drive. Tree killers. Where did all these people come from suddenly? What are they? Are they protesters? What's going on? It's like chaos. Everybody wants to get in on the pictures. See, that's what it is. They're all hams. Christmas ham. How many people had ham for Christmas? Not the wah. Turkey all the way. They had their turkey thing at the White House, I think, today, too, right? What do they do with that? Do they save a turkey or whatever? Spare it? Pardon it? <laughs> they didn't do that with that tree. It was like, too bad for you, tree. Tree killers. Why do we do that? What exactly is the history behind tree killing for Christmas? And then you bring it in the house. It's kind of a weird tradition when you think about it. Oh, what are you going to do for Christmas? I'm going to kill a tree. I'm going to drag it inside. Put lights on it. And watch it dry out. And let the needles fall on the floor. While I sip my eggnog. And get grumpy. Because I'm old. Yep. Come on, first lady. Something. Who's this guy? He's like, get out of here. All of you, out. Out. Enough of this. Come on, get out of here, kids. Get off my lawn. Get off. Leave that tree alone. Thank you for getting rid of them. She says, thank you so much. Oh, they were getting on my nerves. you be my Christmas neighbor. Yep, thank you for joining. The end. And that was the tree killing ceremony at the White House. All right. Let's I don't know. We're not going to do the turkey thing today. They did their turkey thing too there at the White House, but the tree is enough. The tree is enough. Just, it's enough. <laughs> okay.
let's move on, shall we? I'm going to take a break and then we'll come back and we'll take some phone calls. You can join the conversation. And hopefully what you have to say is wittier and more engaging than what I just had to say. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow, maybe too late, too late, too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. the storm for truth is on our side maverick news the world is watching i'm back and i'm still clicking on things trying to get the phone system set up while I do that, I will remind you that you can support the show by donating at maverickdonations.com. Certainly appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's entirely up to you guys to keep this thing a rolling because you are the ones who support what we do. Or you can donate at freedomreporters.com. I'll go back over here and click on some more of these things. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. I need to reset this whole phone thing again. It can be a little temperamental getting this thing set up. We do pay for it, as I've mentioned before. By the minute, it's a system that allows us to stack calls up and screen everything in advance. Um, here we go. We got that. We got that. Oh, I know, and I can almost hear the calls coming now. People are going to be saying, don't you know that that's a 15-minute flying city up to the thing you were talking about? What's wrong with you? Why don't you hate it? Because I want to get to Toronto in 20 minutes. That's why. Because I want to get to Toronto in 20 minutes. Okay, I'm still punching in things here. I think that ought to do it. There we go. Rock and roll. 
All right. So we're ready to go with the phone system. It's up and running. All you have to do is dial the number. And I'm going to throw the number up on the screen by running this little uh, transition. Here we go. Join the conversation. Call 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975. Free. Speak up. Speak out. Make your voice heard. Maverick News. Fighting for freedom by defending your right to free speech. Be a Maverick. Join us. I'm back, back, I'm back in the saddle again, and joining us is Pam. Go oh, ahead. hello, Rick. Hello. How are you? It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I just, I just loved your show tonight. I mean, it's a bit depressing because I think that those flying cars will come to a point where you'll need to have a great social social credit score, not a banking score, a social credit score to fly in them. That's my only concern. Well, then I'm just going to strap myself to the tail of it or something and, and, and be a stowaway. <laughs> I know. I, when I grew up with the Jets, the Jetsons was yeah. my favorite show when I was young. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I yeah, get some, anyways, just get some racing I'm, goggles and sit outside and what are they going to do? Nothing. Get a parachute it, just in it case. It sure would be neat. Oh, well, yeah, you man. know what I'd always wanted? I, I always wanted those. They have these contraptions that you can attach to yourself to your back and fly. Yeah, yeah. Those things are out there too. Those jet packs. Yeah, but you know what, yeah. I, you know what I would do if I had one of those things? I'd like launch myself into orbit and then flip it around upside down and plunk myself straight into the ground or something. So probably not wise for me to get one <laughs> or I'd fly into a tree or electric wires or something. <laughs> I, I, I would think that would be so much fun, you know, just that sense of freedom and adventure and wonder and, as, yeah. as long as you don't crash. <laughs> yeah. Well, it solves a lot of problems like traffic congestion you know, having to build a lot of roads, you don't need high-speed rail. It uh, you get places super fast, and not not only because they fly fast, but also because you can go in a straight line, right? So it's just like, yeah, and then you're there. But what would happen if I don't know? Like, who controls them? That's my question. Like, you know, would you be controlling it, or would someone else? Like, is it an automatic-driven thing? I don't know. I mean, I think that they're basically autonomous and guided by GPS, just like drones are now. So they could be flown remotely with operators in like operations centers, or uh, you could have a pilot on board sort of as a backup safety thing, which I think probably is what they would do initially, but don't know. 
Don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of questions are on that. But anyways, the other reason I'm calling though is because um, when when uh, Biden met Xi Jinping in California, mm-hmm. um, I noticed that I noticed that there was a two Marines to greet him, and they saluted him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Marine, Marines aren't supposed to salute other leaders from other countries, so that kind of concerned me and then and then the guy had to step back because ping's driver drove up right on the red carpet the guy was the marine was standing at the tail end of the red carpet and he had to step back or he would have gotten run over did you see that i did (laughs) (laughs) you know i I don't know I, i just sometimes i just think this is a show like how can Biden really be in charge? And when Trump gives his rallies, for someone who's going through all these indictments, he sure is cheerful. You know, he's telling jokes and all that sort of stuff. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> what else are you going to do? Get up there and go, oh, guys, <laughs> did everything suck today? Uh, it really sucks. Actually, he kind of does in a way, but he does it in a cheerful way. It's like, it's a witch hunt. It's the worst thing ever for our country. It's shameful. It's a complete disgrace. You know, so he does, but he does it with a smile and gets people behind him. So he's he complains, but in a positive well, way. Well, I, I like it when, when Joe, Joe Biden said, I'd like to take him in a back room. I saw Joe Biden say that once and then Trump at one of his recent rallies, he uh, he just he put up this this and he went ooh like that, and then he goes, "Here's how I can handle Biden," and he stuck his stuck his hand out and blew, <laughs> and then he made a symbol of the guy going right down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just so funny. I I just he makes me laugh, you know, when I when I watch some of these rallies. I mean, sometimes he repeats himself, but it's uh when he comes up with these new one liners it's pretty pretty fascinating yeah. <laughs> but anyway the i uh, yeah i i just kind of got really um quite upset when i saw that marine thing cuz you know being a, a veteran and we would never do that in canada we don't well we'd salute like someone from the royal family because you know they're really our boss here in canada but we don't uh we wouldn't salute uh cz ping that's for sure yeah i don't i mean i'm not an ex- of- i'm not an expert on the military uh, protocol um yeah so. and and then all the and then all the flags like they were even holding the marines were even ho- holding chinese flags not the u.s flag Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know some people are trying to make a big deal out of that. I, again, I'm not, I'm not really qualified at this point to comment because I don't know for sure what the protocols are. I don't know if the people who are trying to make a big deal out of it are, um, you know, if what no, they're saying is accurate. I, I don't know. I'm, there's actually flag rules and laws, and mm-hmm. I was looking at them on online in the states and they're not supposed to be doing that so that that's just uh not the protocol of um (laughs) at all with the marines you know and i've been listening to other veterans and they're just stunned by it and they're saying the same thing Mm -hmm. 
So well, listen, it, it, I, I, yeah. I want to keep but the calls. Anyways. I want to keep the calls a little bit short tonight because okay. I want to get to our feature film and watch party of things to come. And we've got a few other calls stacked oh, okay. up. So we'll wrap up. And I appreciate the call very much, Pam. It's always a pleasure. Okay, take care. Right. And hi, all Mavericks. Bye, all Mavericks. <laughs> Bye. Talk to you later. See ya. Okay, I think it's John hey, up Mama. next. Hello, Sir John. Hey, Rick. How's it going? Snowing here. Holy cow. No. Can't even see outside. Get out of town. No, no, I'm just kidding. Get out of town. It's cold out here. I, I don't know. I just went out for a smoke. It's freezing. I I live right by... I'm I'm about a mile from Buttonville Airport and about I don't know ten miles from International. All I see, I look up in the sky. All I see is planes everywhere, helicopters in the morning. All those city TV helicopters, and I'm going. I swear to God, man! Imagine flying cars up there with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's uh, never going to happen. Not in our lifetime. You don't think so? No, Why? no, we'll be we'll be long gone. It won't happen in our lifetime. Sorry, buddy, but it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Why? No. Why? What? It, what? It's just technology. It's not gonna move that fast. It's slow. Like cars, they, they don't. There's no protocols right now. You know, like it's gonna take so long to get that happening. Maybe flying taxis. That that'll be the first thing. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's, that's what uh, that's what Hyundai's idea is here, right? Like heliports, and then you go there and you get on one of these things, and they carry, you know, multiple people. They're like air taxis, yeah, with, with mini no. airports. You know, you know what I was thinking though. Uh, hmm. Everything runs off the internet today, eh? Yeah. You notice that your TV, your phone, your things in the house. Uh, yeah. Everything. It's going to happen. Imagine the internet go down for a week. Mm -hmm. People, what do you think people are going to do? Like like your show, you'd have to go radio, eh? You need a, <laughs> you'd be off the air. Uh, you, you look at, uh, okay, two days. Uh, it's okay. Two days, I clean up a bit, you know, put some stuff away, organize stuff, you know. The fourth, third day, uh, I'm getting a little bored now. Uh, the fourth day, people were going nuts with no phones and no no TVs and Not no me. nothing. I'm gonna know? I'm gonna get break up my <laughs> I'm gonna break up my CB radio and uh, and start talking to the truckers. That's what I'm gonna do, and then I'll be I'll just broadcast <laughs> on the CB like I did when I was a kid. I oh. don't think they have CBs anymore. These truckers, do, do they? I don't think so. Yeah, you can buy them on the phone they're now. Out there. They're out there. You can buy them at truck stops. Yeah, you can still buy them. Oh yeah. It, yeah. it was great at one time when we can listen to all the cops and everything, but now they 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 fixed that. Nobody can do that anymore. Except some people have the technology to do that. Nobody can do what anymore? You know. Well, we used to listen into all these uh, the truckers, the uh, uh, cops, fire trucks. You know. Oh yeah, scanners. Yeah. Now, scanners. They don't have no more. They 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 took them all offline. But I think there's still stuff nuts. out there. 
I think there's still stuff out there. You can one week with no with no with no internet. One week no Wi-Fi. People go crazy. I don't know how people can handle it. You know, right now I, I, you go on the subway, everybody's on the phone. <laughs> they got now the, phone, the subways are all high Wi-Fi everywhere now. I I've I've got antennas. Uh, what do you call those? Uh, uh, antennas uh, that I use when the when the when the internet goes out, I still get a feed. You know. Yeah. Uh, here you go. Here's a. Uh, here's, here's a police scanner. It's alive from Steubenville, Ohio, right now. You got one? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, from Ohio, but not in Ontario. Uh, yeah, it might be a little more difficult. But I think you can. There's still ways to get it, but I know that, uh, like the provincial police, they have encrypted systems and stuff like that. When I was when I was uh, a reporter. Uh, for TV, I, I used to have scanners. Radio, I used to have scanners to listen to fire and police. That was great. I used to listen to them all the time. That was really fun. Zuccarini or Cristiano Zuccarini on a 2020 interview with Enclave Valid. Uh huh. See, they're looking for some guy in a Buick Enclave right now, John. 10 4 of a 56 for Mr. Cristiano Zuccarini <laughs> in Minnesota. Yep, and here's the empty ambulance dispatch one coming right up now. Am zero 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 one one six five seven one eight zero zero. There you go. This is live. This is live, dude. Inside scoop. Now you know where all the crime is tonight in Steubenville, Ohio. Ten four. Yeah. That's right. You know. You know what ten four stands for? Okay. Message received. What's that? Yeah, that's what it means. Oh, is that what it means? Yeah, that's that, that's because I'm I, I'm a super duper ten code expert. I know I know ten four means okay. I used to have that on all the time in the background. Yeah, listening listening in and what's going on, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, but you still can get. I think you still can get the fire trucks and ambulance. Yeah, yeah some of that stuff is still in the clear. Yeah, yeah, there are places to pick that yeah. stuff up. Yep. So you definitely can. But I tell you, it's gonna happen. We're gonna we're gonna have no internet for a week or two, and I don't know. Just, I don't know if we can handle that. <laughs> you know, the other day you were playing Trump there. That guy, you know, I used to like Trump, but yeah. the guy he just rambles on like he's the greatest. He's a god. He's the greatest. But he doesn't do nothing, you know. He just rambles. The guy, he never conceded yet. He still thinks he's president, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. When when I started this, when I started disliking Trump, Rick, yeah, is when when he when he uh, called all the, all his mega friends to the Capitol. That was his doing, you know that. He he's the guy that set out set that all up. He told everybody to go down there. He told everybody that that we we it's rigged. That the, they stole the election, blah, and he caused all that trouble. And he won't admit it, but he's the guy that that caused all that. The guy's a poor sport. Okay, mm-hmm. he should have just he should have just waited till the next election. And now I can't stand the guy now. 
You know, I really can't stand the guy. I know he's better than Biden. He's better than Trudeau. He's better than a lot of people. But uh, what he did on that day, sicking all those people and, and, and causing that, that was one of the worst days in history, what he did. Okay, like it, it, it ranks right up there. This this will be in the books forever, what he did. And it was all his doing. I don't care what anybody says. He's the guy that told everybody to go down there and do this shit. And they did. And, uh, you know, anyhow. I, I, I know I know you don't really like him that much, but it's, uh, yeah, some people in the chat when I was when we ran his speech, they were like, "Rick Stalin on Trump still," and he's you know, no, I'm not endorsing anybody, man. I'm not. We've covered a lot of RFK stuff. I'm not endorsing Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'm not endorsing Trump. I'm not. I'm not. Not 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 endorsing Biden. I don't think Biden is. Um, no. He's all there. I don't think he should be the president. I think we're in danger with him there. No. Um, but I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm just I'm just doing my journalism thing. Um, that's all I'm doing. But Biden's full of shit. Like what he's saying, oh, we almost got to. Do you really think that they have a deal done? Mind you, I'm watching Al Jazeera all day today right now. And mm -hmm. it's very quiet in Gaza. Maybe something's going to happen because it's. I don't see a lot of action. But still early over there, seven hours different. Wait, wait yeah. till the uh, a few more hours to see if you see all those fireworks there. But um, I don't think I don't think they're they're going to concede. They're, 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 these guys, you, you see what they said today. I I think I posted it. But those politicians in Israel, they're they're like animals in the, in the House of Commons, whatever they call that place. They're very vicious. They're attacking each other like. Man, oh, you get killed in there. But one politician said, he says, we should just get a, a hundred countries together and send 20,000 Palestinians to each country. And the problem solved. Because <laughs> that's what they want. They want them all gone so they can take over, right? Mm -hmm. And Toro uh, will take them. Uh, one thing Biden did that I like is he, he says, no, no, we're not having them here. We will not accept any uh, refugees from Gaza because they they uh, they hate the guy. <laughs> You're going to get terrorists over there. <laughs> so maybe he's smart or maybe someone else is telling him, no, no, we can't take any of those people. <laughs> we're on their naughty list, you know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, well, it's crazy. Yeah, well, crazy the talk is right 500,000 more could be coming to Canada. That's the talk. We'll see is if that happens. what they say? That's what uh, has been reported uh, in the last week or so, but I don't know. I don't know. I see. don't know. I hope I hope they uh, think twice before they... Uh, right now, you, you should see, I'm watching the news tonight, all these refugees at the shelters downtown, they're just coming in. She's saying, oh, we've got some few new... They're coming in with sandals and T-shirts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sandals and T-shirts. I don't know what the... The, the first thing they got to do is get them 
proper clothing and blankets. <laughs> and there's no shelters available in Toronto. There's Turner. They're going to just ship them. You said there's a lot coming your way. You probably got a lot of room up in the shelters there. <laughs> mm. I don't know how much room they have in these things. They put they put a lot of them up in these sort of hotels, motels that they've they've been using for um, shelters and halfway houses. So, yeah, that's that's what is going on down here. And they they are building a new facility here, I believe, and. Yeah, I just recently did a, a video for a support agency, a volunteer organization that helps homeless people. So I might I might run that maybe uh, maybe a night this week to show you. We'll yeah, that's, that, 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 that'd be interesting. Yeah. But I don't know where we're going to house them. I'm telling you, like, we're 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 full here. We're full here. Yeah, we don't have the and capacity. We don't we don't have it. We need more. We need to build more capacity into shelters and homes which you know it's they're coming they're bringing them in too fast we can't keep up and they've been doing it for too I many think years borrow the budget they're they're, they're gonna economic an economic statement yeah it's not it's not a budget it's we'll a statement how, yeah we'll see how much money they give us for for uh, <laughs> refugees <laughs> that would be a clue there eh? yeah but i don't know I don't know. This is, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm kind of getting there with you, man. It's like, uh, every day is, it's just, um, a weight on everyone's minds and shoulders and it gets tiring after a while, mentally and even physically. It wears you down. If you think about it all the time, as we do around here, all the stuff that they do. But the, the, these Israel, the, they were talking today again how much money they have. They said, we don't need the United States money. We've got $10 billion or $50 billion on the reserve. We don't need anybody's money. We got them. Israel is a rich country, and they are. Israel is one of the richest countries in the world, okay? Mm -hmm. Why don't they just give them a million dollars each and say, here, go, leave? <laughs> Anybody wants to leave a million bucks, you'll see them lining up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if only it was. If only coming. it was that simple, right? Uh, it is that simple, but well, maybe but they I, don't want to part with their money. <laughs> it, you know, it would be a lot uh, it, instead of going to war. If governments would just take that money and just pay people, it would be a, that would be a great solution, wouldn't it? Look at yeah. that. Yep, just here. Yeah. You guys go live over there. You go live over there. Here's a bunch of cash. We're going to spend yeah. it on bombs, but we're going to build houses instead. And parks. Yeah. Swing sets <laughs> for kids and, uh, that, you know, hockey that, arenas. Like, if they want to, you're right, though. If they want to send a half a million here, Israel should pay for the housing. Mm. Mm. They got the money. Mm. They got the money. Trudeau, if he's smart, he should say, okay, we'll take a half a million, but we got lots of land, but we got no money. You build the housing, and we'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> you give us the money for the housing, and we'll, we'll take them. But yeah. no, that's not going to happen. They're just going to, you know, I don't know. We're getting duped. Canada, we got stupid politicians here. They're not smart. 
You know, you want to take in a half a million? Get Israel to pay for it. They got the money. They got so much money, Rick. It's not funny. You're starting to sound like Donald Trump. And Mexico will pay for the wall. (laughs) But Israel's got the money. Mexico's broke. (laughs) But Israel's got the money. Mm -hmm. They are one of the richest countries in the world. I'm serious. I hear about it all day long. I, 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 I can't stand watching some of this stuff, like all these kids and oh, half leg missing, arm missing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible what's going on there. and yes. they, they, they got no heart, uh, it seems like. I don't know. You know? Yep. Innocent so- people like like that so listen john we're gonna we're gonna move on because yep. i want to get to this movie and watch party and a couple more callers to come in yeah i want to see yeah. that one too i'll be interested in that yeah all right have all right. a good evening thank uh, you. i'll send you another card or tomorrow awesome. thank okay, you bye. thanks john okay, okay and bye. who do we have on the line now good evening it's chris calling how are you i'm fine how are you oh not too bad just listening to john there yeah, and uh, I think he needs to stop. I think he needs to stop watching that all day, because yeah, I I just see little bits on the news here and there, and it's really it's really sad to see all the children. And I don't know how he can watch it all day. Kudos to him, because that would drive me. I'd be over the loony bin by now. Yep. But anyways, that's not why I called. So Christmas trees. <laughs> oh, and by the way, have you been watching the Jetsons a lot lately? <laughs> No, no, not at all, actually. But it's, you know, in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I can't see you in our time flying vehicles. But I'm it's not coming. saying it won't happen, I'm, but. I'm telling you, it is coming. It is coming. It's coming. Oh. They had that conference. They, I've been watching this stuff. These these companies like Hyundai, Toyota, just a bunch of them. Hyundai in particular, they have it all figured out. It is coming. And by and you'll see the first ones by the end of this decade. Wow! Well, you know, and, and within within fifteen <laughs> years, maybe twenty, it'll be pretty. You'll it'll be almost common. You'll see. It's coming. okay. So who who's going to get the who's going to get the right away the jumbo the big jetliner or gonna, the car? It is going to there. transform. <laughs> it will transform the airline industry. It's going to. Because it's a different way of doing like short flights from city to city. So it'll revolutionize that. And then, yeah, they'll have like certain altitudes that for lanes of traffic. And you already have sensors built into your car for like lane keep assist and things like that. So they'll have the sensors so they don't collide into each other. It'll be mostly autonomous, all flying, right? Um, You won't even have pilots. And and how are they? And like, so these will all be. Uh, electric batteries so how how much what kind of think radius we're going to get on that because there'll be no plugins up there they have range with these <laughs> ones of i don't know how many hundreds of miles 250 300 miles i think are there is the range but they don't have to be powered by batteries you could you could still run them with um internal combustion engines with aviation fuel just like regular airplanes mm-hmm. today um yeah you, know, you can absolutely do that if if they choose to there's no no problem with that because they can still be controlled digitally doesn't matter if they're 
electric motors or gasoline powered motors. It doesn't matter. Hmm. True. I just, I don't know. I, I'm just visioning this in my mind here and I'm thinking how many times are we going to have to duck for falling vehicles that have crashed up there because, you know, people can't drive on the highways down here. So well, the thing is, I think that what, I, it will, I think what I, it will come to is they won't allow people to fly hmm. Their uh, fly their own vehicles. Uh, It'll be all autonomous, and if you do have single or dual passenger vehicles, air vehicles, they'll be controlled, you know, by computers, so that you're in lanes. And yeah, they would that that's coming. You they won't allow people. I don't think to fly them on their own. People that would be disastrous. Yeah, (laughs) that's terrible. That would uh, be bad. It wouldn't be like the Jetsons, that's for sure. (laughs) It'll be like the Jetsons. It will be. It's going to be just like but, the Jetsons. But you know what? But you know what? I'd rather go back to the Flintstones. I like I like Fred's car better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pedal foot, foot power. Yeah, you know, it, what a great way to get around. I want to go backwards, not forward. But that's just me. And it's, uh, I know you want to watch this movie here. So I wanted to talk about Christmas trees. So you're right. You know, you wonder why we cut these down and bring us into our houses. And then our cats, you know, they destroy them within the first week. And how many times do we keep redecorating, right? Because, yeah. you know, cats, like, oh, this is great. He wants to go outside. I got, you know, and they climb right up inside of it. And it's, when I was younger, as a kid, my dad and I, our job was to go to, remember the Boy Scouts? They used to have their little cabins and every year they'd bring in Christmas trees. Yep. So my dad and I, the week before Christmas, that would be our job. We'd have to go. And my dad, who claimed he didn't like Christmas, once the tree came, his, he totally changed. It thing, he got funnier. And anyway, it's kind of a cool memory. Um, mm. We have a tree here. What happens in this town is every year they put a tree down on Main Street, right in the middle of an intersection. So you can't make left turns. You have to go out of your way to go around it. But what they do is they go to people's property or people can call in and say, you know, I've got this big 60 foot pine tree in my yard yeah. that I would like gone. So they'll come look at it. And if they think it would be, it would work, the town comes and takes it down for free. And then they take it and they put it downtown for about a month. And then it goes to, it gets chopped up. Right. And, and it's just a tradition. Like it's just, I think it's been going on forever in this town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like Friday night, Light the light up the one for here for Friday night, and it's the sun's quite large that's down there this year. But I don't know, I I, each to their own. I mean, now they're saying that the plastic ones, well, you know, they're great year after year, but you know, they can catch on fire. But you know, so can real trees. (laughs) Plastic, do artificial trees catch on fire? I thought, well, that's what they're saying, but I well, I think it's not so much the tree, I think it's your decoration, yeah. That can catch on fire. I don't think the tree itself would actually catch on fire. Hmm. But you know, each to their own. I mean, some people like the smell of a night of a of a tree in their home. <laughs> each it's each to their own, right? I, I don't know. I mean, what's the difference? If they don't get taken down for for a Christmas tree, they're going to get chopped down to be used for paper, or they're just going to get chopped down to be used for to throw in somebody's fireplace. I mean, really, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you can always use it for something else when it's done, but nobody does. They just throw them out at the curb and off they go. The, the, the garbage yep. truck takes them. Yeah. Yeah. But usually don't, usually they get like, um, 
mulched up for, and then like, you know, for round trees and that kind of yeah. stuff in the summer. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I, I guess think. it kind of gets repurposed. I don't know. I don't know. Because aren't the pine needles very acidic, right? So, well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't think you want to use that stuff for but, mulch so much. Maybe the tree itself, but not the needle. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. That's, a, that's actually a really good. Mind you, pine trees, they have a lot of sap in them too, right? So even if you started chopping it up for wood, they have to dry out for like like a lot longer than a regular tree, I think, because of the sap in them, right? No, you're right. I just looked it up and it says most old Christmas mm -hmm. trees are... Uh, chopped up in a wood chipper and repackaged as mulch. Some become fuel burned oh. up in waste oh. energy plants. Others decompose in a landfill. Uh, there is household oh, trash or an alternative go. material covering the daily waste. So there you go. Oh, okay. so they do use them as mulch, but I think that stuff pretty acidic. I don't know if I'd want that. Really for <laughs> yeah, I would think so. But but maybe they put chemicals and stuff on it to, to you know, to well, get probably that, to just the gas to, you know, just to destroy them? the environment. <laughs> put extra chemicals on that one, Joe. Before you mulch it, put some glyphosate yeah. Glyph yeah, on it. Glyphosate, glyph yeah. the, the G stuff. Yeah, it's already yeah. dead, but uh, kill it again. Yeah. <laughs> Spray yeah, some who knows? tree killer on it. Uh, were you able to open that that? That TikTok video I sent you today? I don't think, no, I don't think I got, the, whatever it was you sent, I, no. Okay, no. yeah, because I sent it to another friend, and she said it wouldn't open, but yet when I, anyway, I'll tell you what it was. So, I remember when Trudeau went to a summit, I don't know if it was last year, he went to this summit, and he went to sit down, and you remember the guy on one side of him, Trudeau went to shake hands, and the guy turned his head away from him? Yep, yep. Remember that? Yep. Okay, well, in this video, it's the same thing, but only when Trudeau turns the other way, after the guy turns his back to him, it's, it's Pierre sitting there eating an apple. <laughs> and the laughter in the background. It, the laughter yeah. is what makes you laugh the hardest, the people laughing. Because the look <laughs> on Trudeau's face. Is <laughs> and I'll try to I'll try to figure out, it, it, it's a TikTok video, but it, it, the look on Trudeau's face, it, it's priceless. He's just sitting there eating an apple and the other guy's ignoring him and the people laughing in the background is what makes you laugh more because <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it'd be funny, oh, wow. but <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why it didn't open for you. But anyways, that's what it was about. Anyways, <laughs> anyways I guess that's all I have to say tonight. So um, I'll let you get on to your movie here. Okay. And I'm glad you're feeling better and we'll yeah. talk to you later. All right, cool. See you. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, go ahead. You're on the air. You got the smell of South America without a plan to master all your disasters, Rick. This Palestinian issue is not a fucking North American issue. It's an Arab issue, and that's where these fuckers could be staying. Plain and simple. It ain't my problem. It ain't your problem. And for the government to come up with a beautiful idea of $15 billion at a cost of $1,000 per Canadian to give these people jobs mm. it's not cool i'm sick and tired of being taxed without any representation whatsoever it's to the point where i'm ready to blow my top yep and there's a lot of canadians just like me that are ready to go overboard okay when you start losing your shit during the next 18 months because that's just going to happen to a lot of people mm -hmm. they're going to start losing their shit and that's when all hell's going to break loose. 
people that have worked their fucking whole lives in this stinking fucking country to lose it all over bad leadership. And people that think they could do whatever they want with our, our money and come up with fancy names for taxes, okay? Who do they think they are? The Rizzuto fucking crime family? It is. It's a ridiculous amount of money to be um, throwing around, you know. What family can afford, you know, a thousand dollars just to give to a big auto company, right? Like this is I stupid. can't. Stupid. I can't. TK right now in chat says national strike will mm -hmm. stop. A, and I, I, I believe her. It's, the only thing is, D, it's not going to be, it's going to be a force strike. Okay. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're going to have no choice. Right. Cause that's just one company. They're doing, they're giving this kind of money to all kinds of companies. I don't even know what the total amount is, but they're giving it to, uh, you know, Ford and Volkswagen and GM. And I mean, you name the different companies, Honda gets money. They all get money. They're all at the public trough feeding. You know? is, is this their way of getting, yeah. Is this their way of, uh, uh, confiscating and forfeiting people's properties? is to get them so far in debt, they can't get out of debt. So this is how we're going to get the land for our 15-minute cities. We're going to run mm -hmm. the people that have been paying their whole fucking lives, okay, out of I their out of their properties, out of their properties so we could put in these. Uh, i seen something the other day. I think it was in Pickering or Peterborough. Okay, uh, their solution to get rid of 10 cities is to put in TCAN. Yeah. Okay? And I won't. I watched it. I went, is that where we're coming to? Get in the can. Yeah. Get in your can and shut up. Okay. Yeah. Is that what we're coming to? You know, yeah. I'm sick and tired of it. I know that now, they're, you what know, I did like to see, they are, they are, you know, they do have projects where they convert those things into houses, right? They renovate them. They turn them in. I've, there's a guy down in Windsor who, is, has built a couple of them like that as prototypes and you can look them up online. They, those sea shipping containers that they also put on trains and then they convert them into houses and they stack them and do all kinds of crazy things with them. But you know, it, I don't think it's an ideal solution and uh, it, it does show. No, that, that's that's fine and dandy. It. Yeah. That's fine and dandy. If you got property on a lake up North, okay. Mm -hmm. Make your cottage out of it, whatever. Right. This is not sustainable fucking housing period and for the government to come in and say well we're a lot of allocating billions of dollars to quebec and everywhere else to build these homes and for that fergus or uh frazier to come out and say we're gonna have millions of homes built like fuck you are you got less than 18 months still in, in office at the worst case scenario yeah okay if you can't get a million homes built you're not going to get a million homes built in 18 months the election's going to be up yeah. Well, we saw that you know, in, uh, in Quebec, the $1.8 billion they're spending on housing, the, the report is that it will be at least three to four years before they even get any of them built. So it's not going to happen overnight, man. Well, okay, you want a million houses. We got 40 million people in Canada. So you mean to tell me one in 40 people are going to be building a house, but you're going to need not only that one guy, you're going to need the framers, you're going to need the the uh, 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 concrete guys, the electricians, the plumbers. Okay, you're going to tell me that half the country is going to be involved in building a house. Mm -hmm. I highly doubt that. 
right? It's, it's sickening. I like what I've seen in Argentina uh, yesterday. <laughs> that guy's funny. Did you see that? I did, yeah. We ran the footage of him with his chainsaw and uh, showed him in some of his costumes. He's colorful. He's a colorful politician. And now and you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Right. You, you don't know what you're going to get. Maybe he might do great. Who knows? Give the guy the chance. He's got over uh, 50%. Uh, what was it? 54%. 55. So he's got a majority. 55.6%. There you go. He's got a. Yep. And the left, left cards don't like him because he wants to cut everything in government. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because there's a lot of, you know, look at the inflation in Argentina. Tucker Carlson went there and he, with a hundred dollar bill. Did you see that play he did? Rick? No, I didn't see that. What happened? Okay. It, it's out there. He went to Argentina with a hundred dollar bill. He went money exchange, hundred dollars American. He got a stack of money that would probably be, uh, look like a hundred grand Canadian. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And he says, how am I supposed to carry this? I sit in a bag. So then he's in his car going, this is how bad inflation is on the Argentina peso. Okay, this is what I got for a hundred dollars. Interesting. They're on the they're on the brink of collapse, just like Venezuela. Well, Venezuela has collapsed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're in the same boat right now. You know, and the more we let other people take care of our shit the way that they are, these libtards, leftists, look out, because Canada's not far behind that. Yeah. You want to let in a half a million people a year? This is worse than. This is a worse idea than the rocks from road crossing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I get it. People want to stay safe, but this ain't our problem. This is a fucking Arab problem. Why is it Saudi Arabia with all that money and the rest of these fucks over there? Why aren't they dealing with the problem? Why is it our fucking problem? No. You want to come to Canada? Okay. Here's an idea. Move up to Churchill, Manitoba. See how you survive up there. Watch how fast they run home. <laughs> and Johnny said, I like what Johnny said. Uh, I got a friend of mine. They, I hate to use this word, the boat people. But in the early 80s, the Vietnamese and the Cambodians and half of Southeast Asia was trying to get in here. Right. And they call them the boat people. Well, I met a really good guy who came off the boat. And they didn't come by boat, folks. They came by plane, but they just got that that uh, tag called boat people. <laughs> and he is telling me, Leo, when I got here, I got to Toronto. It was middle of February. Shorts, t-shirt, sandals. As so I walked outside, so I'm like, he didn't know what to do. He nearly froze to death. Somebody at Pearson ended up hooking, off, hooking him up with uh, support somehow, right? Showed him in the right place. And that's the way he came to Canada. It is what it is. So what's the movie tonight? Um, things to Come. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Where did you find this one at? Oh, I, no. I've watched it like a gazillion times. It's uh, from 1936. Um, let me read you the uh, the intro here. Things to Come, also known. 1936? Uh, what is it, a silent film? Nope, nope. It's an H.G. Wells story. Um, I love this movie. It's a 1936 British black and white science fiction film from United Artists, uh, produced by Alexander Korda, directed by William Cameron Menzies. 
uh, written by, of course, H.G. Wells, the famous science fiction writer. The film stars Raymond Massey, Edward Chapman, Ralph Richardson, Margareta Scott, uh, Cedric Hardwick, Maurice Brattle. Did you say Charlie Chapman? No, no, no. Charlie Chaplin's not in this. Um, so the dialogue and plot were devised by H.G. Wells as a new story meant to display the social and political forces and possibilities that he had outlined in the 1933 story, The Shape of Things to Come, a work he considered less a novel than a discussion in fictional form that presented itself as the notes of a 22nd century diplomat. It's all about what's coming in the future. Oh. So it's sort of set in kind of that time frame, sort of just before World War II. Um, but a lot of concerns about where the world was going to go uh, with the sort of, I think that he could see sort of World War II on the horizon, right? And um, and it deals with a lot of the uh, the social issues of the day. And then what ends up happening is you get like a, an apocalypse and they go through everything that happens after like a, a basically like a nuclear apocalypse right and then how society is rebuilt afterward and how um how people mankind perseveres through it all and what comes out on the huh. other side what well, sounds like a good watch dk says it sounds like a porno <laughs> she says that chat on rumble um, sounds like a good porno i'm gonna get my popcorn ready Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite. I, I am at work all time. I am at work, and everything's changing fast, like you said, Rick. Okay, if you're not into robotics uh, as a technician or setup, uh, a technician of any sort, really, you may be without a job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's coming that way. Even even my industry, the 3D printing, uh, everything else. Uh, I don't see this industry as a machinist being what it's the same, not even close to what it is in 30 years. If there's even a job as a machinist, 3D printers will take over everything else, right? Oh, yeah. so we're headed that way. There's nothing we can do about it. There's no stopping the technology. Yep. Well, that's why you got to get a trade. You can go to school for everything, you anything you want to do, even doctors, as we see uh, AI and everything else is taking over their field. Okay. Mm -hmm. Get a trade. You're not going to be able to have a robot come into your house and fix your damn plumbing or fucking whatever, drywall or electrical or whatever, right? Along those ways. So trades are where it'll always be. Uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Everything's going to change so much. But yeah, yeah. Change is coming. Things to come. That's for sure. Yeah, 100%. So let's get to the movie, man. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Leo. Adios, guys. Okay, see ya. Bye. Okay, so let's do that. Let's uh, pull out of this. There we go. All right, phones are disconnected, and we are just about ready to get cranked up here. Just give me a second. I'm going to run a little transition-y thing, and then we'll get to our, our flick for tonight. Haven't done this before, but I think it'll be fun. Stay with me. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. 
We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow may be too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. So we're about ready to get cranked up with this thing. Um, so I'm going to roll it and uh, I'll dip in here and there and maybe comment at certain points um, during the, the course of the events. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to dump off YouTube for this because I don't want a copyright strike. So we're going to jump off YouTube. Let me get you the link to our Rumble channel if you are watching i'll put this in the chat so here is the rumble channel so click on the link and go over to the rumble channel and please like share subscribe if you are watching on our youtube channels tonight please consider subscribing there and ring the notification bell so that you uh, you're always notified when we post new content on youtube but uh, yeah, we're going to jump off YouTube and run this uh, this film, even though it's not a copyright issue. They will still flag us for copyright because it's just what they do on YouTube. So here we go. This is Things to Come, H.G. Wells. And one of the greatest movies of that era, maybe of all time, 1936. And the story certainly still stands up today. It was way ahead of its time. Things to come.
Oh, young Harding, you're early. Yes, I'd finished up. It was too late to start anything fresh. What's all this fuss about in the papers tonight, Mr. Cavell? Wars and rumors of wars. Crying wolf? Someday a wolf will come. These fools are capable of anything. In that case, what happens to medical research? That's the stuff. That'll mess me up. Mess you up. Mess everything up. My God, if war gets loose again. Happy Christmas, everyone. While shares have watched their flocks by night, all cheated on the ground. What's the matter with you fellas? All that. Huh. This little upset across the water doesn't mean anything. Threatened men live long and threatened wars never occur. <laughs> Another speech by him. I tell you, there's nothing in it. It's just to buck people up about the air estimates. Now, why meet wars halfway? Why not look on the bright side of things? You're all right. Your business is going up. Got a jolly wife. All's right with the world, eh? Mm. All's right with the world. Certainly. Passworthy, you should have been called Pippa Passworthy. Oh, and Cabal, you've been smoking too much. You're not, uh, you're not eupeptic. <laughs> oh, come on, it's Christmas. Noel, 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 born is the king of Israel. <laughs> Nice toys they have nowadays. Nice toys. The toys we had were simpler, ever so much simpler. Noah's arcs and wooden soldiers. Nothing complex like these. You know, I wonder sometimes if perhaps all these new toys aren't a bit too much for them. It teaches them to use their hands. 
And I suppose their grandchildren will see even more wonderful things. Progress. Progress. I'd like to see the wonders they'll see. Don't be too sure of progress. Oh, listen to the incurable pessimist. What's to stop progress nowadays? War. Firstly, there isn't going to be a war, and secondly, war doesn't stop progress. It stimulates progress. Yes, war can be a highly stimulating thing, but you can always do a stimulant. Oh, well, after all, I'll be exaggerating the horrors of war. Don't be rather overdo that song. After all, you know, the last war wasn't as bad as some people make out. We didn't worry. Something, something great seemed to have got hold of us. Something greater still may get hold of us next time. If we don't end war, war will end us. Well, what can you do? Yeah. What can we do? Peace and earth, good will to all men. <laughs> Real old-fashioned Christmas this year. Fresh little snow with a nip in the air, eh? <laughs> what is that? It sounded like a gun. Oh, no guns here. Merry Christmas, Cabell. Here's to another good year for all of us. Another year of recovery, eh? <laughs> what is Searchlight doing now? Yes. Well, it must be anti-aircraft maneuvers. Maneuvers at Christmas? No. Listen, guns again. Yes, yeah. the bell's speaking. The hill down, Aerodrome Street. Mobilization. Oh, God. Perhaps it's only precautionary mobilization. The unknown aircraft passed over Sea Beach and dropped bombs within a few hundred yards of the waterworks. They then turned seaward again. By this time, they'd been picked up with the searchlights of the battleship Dinosaur. Before they could mount out of range, she had opened upon them with her anti-aircraft guns. Unfortunately, without result. Of course, everyone has said this time they'll start without any declaration of war. Oh, listen. We do not yet know the nationality of these aircraft, though, of course, there can be little doubt of that place of origin. But before all things, it is necessary for the country to keep calm. No doubt the losses suffered by the fleet are serious. That losses of the fleet? And it is imperative that the whole nation should at once stand to arms. Orders for a general mobilization have been issued, and the precautionary civilian organization against gas will at once be put into operation. Our instructions have just come to hand. We shall cut off for five minutes, and then read you the general instructions. Please call in all your friends. Call in everyone you can. You've got your stimulant, Parkworthy. Something great has got to War has come. My God, if they've attacked without a declaration of war, then it's vengeance. No quarter, vengeance. Punishment. Condign punishment, or else the end of civilization altogether. But it's just possible that some mistake. You know, I cling to that. If not, then it's war to the knife. No, it's, it's not a war. It's Extermination of dangerous vermin. A vermin hunt without pause or pity. Well, good night.
has suddenly. There may be an air raid, but it is not likely to be a very serious one. You must be prepared for it. The danger will not be great. As soon as the danger is over, bugles will sound all clear. The streets will be dangerous. Do not assemble in crowds. Keep indoors. Go home. Those who are far from home can take refuge in the underground railways. Go home. Go home. Go home. Get out of the square. Get out of the street. Go home and keep home. Do not go right. Go to the window. To the witch people who wish they go to the My dear, my dear, are you sorry we had these children? Life must carry on. Why should we surrender life to the brutes and fools? I loved you. I wanted to serve you and, and make life happy for you. But think of the things that may happen to them. Were we selfish? You weren't afraid to bear we were children yesterday. We're anxious, but we're not afraid. Yes. Courage, my dear. And may that little heart have courage. Well, you've got to do your bit, you know, sonny. You've got to do your bit. I'm enough for two, <laughs> That's the spirit. Carry on, sir. Carry on. <laughs> Goodbye, son. Yeah. Quick, boss.
Bad shape, eh? Why does it come to this? God, why do we have to murder each other? Go, my friend. That is my guess. It's a bad guess. Funny if I'm... if I'm killed by my own poison. Quick, get this... <coughs> I've given plenty to others. Why should I not have some myself? Give it to her. I'm done. Bring to your mouth. Yes, on her. Maybe I've killed her father and mother. Maybe I've killed her whole family. <coughs> and then I go and give up my mask to save her. <coughs> that, that's funny. <coughs> that, that's the joke.
Very hardy. There's no more left, Father. This is the last drop. God. What is the use of trying to save this mad world? Oh, Father, if only you could get some sleep. How can I sleep? See how they wander out to die. Something might be known. Janet. And you, you poor dear. Richard. I might be infected. Is there nothing to make her comfortable? Nothing. There's nothing will make anyone comfortable anymore. The pestilence has ceased. Thanks to the determined action of our chiefs in shooting all wanderers, there have been no cases for two months. 
the pestilence has been conquered. The chief is preparing to resume hostilities against the hill people with the utmost vigor. Soon we shall have victory and peace. All is well. God save the chief. God save our land. Any more insulated wire? But no rubber wire at all, sir. Any rubber tape? There's not a scrap left in the place. We used the last on the other motor. Oh, what's the use? There's no petrol anyway. Nobody believe there's three gallons of petrol left in this accursed ruin of a town. What's the good of setting here a job like this? Nothing will ever fly again. Flying's over. Everything's over. Civilization's dead. <laughs> <laughs> The road, isn't it? Yes. It's a good pre-pestilence machine. Why, I listen to turn it over at times. You think it'll go fast someday, still? Oh, I'm not one of your petrol hoarders. But all the same, that engine turns over still. Why, I remember when I was a lad, when it was new, we thought nothing of going a hundred miles in it. A whole hundred miles. Less than three hours I've done it in. Oh, that sort of thing's all gone now. Gone forever, huh? Right, sir. Yep, yep. Richard. What is it? You won't think me mad. Why, darling? I thought I heard an aeroplane this morning. At dawn. I thought it was a dream, but... Nonsense. I tell you, flying's finished. We shall never get in the air again. Never. Order. Give me only five. I don't want them all. And we'll end this war of ours forever. I'll see you get your reward. Your wife, Gordon? You keep her well hidden. Sanitation lady. You'll use your influence with our master mechanic. The combatant state wants his service. I'm sure my husband does his best for you. Uh, it's hardly enough, lady. The combatant state demands miracles. Not everyone could work miracles as you do, Chief. Oh, I'm sure you could work miracles if you tried, lady. Rudolph! Lady, lady, I showed it to you, but you said you didn't want it. Watchkey's been up to his tricks again, and he'll have to answer for them. But he's been keeping things back from me again. Only Watchkey keeps things back. What do you think about Master Mechanic here? The one let me have those planes of mine to end this war of ours with the Hillman. Well, can't you make him? I thought you could make everybody do everything. Some things you can't do, madam. You can't fly without petrol. You can't mend machines without tools or materials. You've gone back too far. 
Trying to become a lost skill in every town. So are you really as stupid as that? I'm as hopeless as that. And now, Chief, what are you going to do about it? He's going to let me have those machines, and I'm going to let him have coal. Stuff to make oil. The lost skill is such dream of the... There it is. You were right. A train once more. Mary, I must see that machine. That's what endless warfare has led to. Brigandage. What else could happen? 
But we, who are all that are left of the old engineers and mechanics, have pledged ourselves to salvage the world. We have the airways, all that's left of them. We have the seas. And we have ideas in common. The brotherhood of efficiency. The Freemasonry of science. We're the last trustees of civilization when everything else has failed. I've been waiting for this. I'm yours to command. Not mine. Not mine. No more bosses. Civilization's to command. Tell him he'll have to come. He won't come on foot. Well, we'll have to carry him. I don't know what'll happen to me, sir, if you don't come. Well, what do you want to see me about? Who are you? Do you know this country's at war? At war? Still at it, eh? We must clean that up. What do you mean, we must clean it up? All war. Who are you, I said? The law. Law and sanity. I am the law here. I said law and sanity. Where do you come from? Who are you? Wings over the world. Well, you know you can't come into a country like this in this fashion? I'm here. Do you mind if I sit down? And now, for the fourth time, who are you? I tell you, wings over the world. That's nothing. What government do you under? Common sense. I belong to world communications. We just run ourselves. Yeah. You'll run into trouble if you try and land here in wartime. What's the game? Order and trade. Trade, eh? Can you do anything in munitions? Not our line of business. Fuel, spare parts. We've got planes. We've got planes. I've got boys that have trained a bit on the ground. We've no fuel. It hampers us. We might do a deal. We might. I know where I can get some fuel. I've got my plans later, but if you can manage a temporary accommodation, we'd do business. World communications helps no one to make war. End war, end war. I want to make victorious peace. I seem to have heard that phrase before, when I was a young man. But it made no end of war. Now look here, Mr. Aviator. Let's see how we stand. Come down to actuality. The way you swagger, you don't seem to realize you're under arrest. You and your machine. You'll find other planes looking for me if I happen to be delayed. We'll deal with them later. Now, you can start a trading agency here if you like. I have no objection. The first thing we shall want is to get our planes in the air again. Right. A laudable ambition. But our new order has an objection to private airplanes. The impudence. I'm not talking about private airplanes. Our airplanes are public airplanes. This is an independent, sovereign state at war. I know nothing about any old order. I'm the chief here, and I'm not taking any orders, old or new, from you. Suppose I've walked into trouble. Yeah, you can take that as right. Where do you come from? I flew from our headquarters at Balbrough this morning. We have some hundreds of new type planes, and we're building more, fast. The factories are working again. We're gradually restoring order and trade in the whole Mediterranean area. We're scouting this region now to see how things are. You found out. This is an independent, sovereign state. Yes, we must talk about that. We don't discuss it. We don't approve of independent, sovereign states. You don't approve? We mean to stop them. That's war, if you will. All right, I think we know how we stand. Burton, take this man. If he gives you any trouble, club him. You hear that, Mr. Wings over your wits? My friends know my whereabouts. If I don't come back, they'll send a force to find me. Perhaps they won't find you. 
They'll find you. They'll find me ready. Take him to the detention room downstairs. Now, was that wise? Wise? Yes, wise, to quarrel with him at once. Quarrel with him? Confound him if again to quarrel with me. <laughs> you must clean that up. Clean that up? My wall. There's things behind him. Things behind him? Some sort of aerial bus driver standing up to me. Like an equal. So you lost your temper and you bullied him. I don't bully, I just handle the man. He's the first real aviator that has come this way for years. Think of what that means, my dear. You want aeroplanes, don't you? You want your aeroplanes put in order? He's a really clever man, but I've had some of those machines up long ago. I'm sure of it. Along comes this stranger who's going to clean me up. You expect me to hand my planes over to him, lock, stock, and barrel? Why talk nonsense? You could have persuaded him under supervision. Supervision? Sort of oafs I've got here to supervise him. He'd be too much for them. Oh, well, of course, if it's going to be too much for you, why don't you hang him and hide his machine before the others are after you? I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. Now, this stranger hasn't taken me by surprise. I knew he was coming. Yes, I knew he was coming. I felt this conspiracy of air bus drivers brewing somewhere in the world. I felt they were getting ahead with their aeroplanes down there somewhere very well. Now's our chance. We've got this fella bottled up. They won't even begin to miss him for days. I've got everything fixed now for an attack straight away on the Floss Valley to the old coal and shale pits where there's oil too. Then, up we buzz. have not been in vain. Our old struggle with the Hilldale has come to its climax. Our new victory at the coal pit has brought a great supply of oil within our reach. Once more, we may hope to take the air to look our invaders in the face. If what aeroplane, large a force, I venture to say, as any in the world, this new oil can be adapted to our needs. That's quite a simple business. Nothing remains but the conclusive bombing of the hills. And for a time, we can hope for a rich, rewarding peace. A peace of the strong man armed who keepeth his heart. Now, at this supreme crisis, you, God, our master mechanic, refuse your help. Where are my planes? Not more difficult than you think. Half your machines are hopelessly old. You haven't 20 down one. To be exact, 19. You'll never get the others off the ground. The thing can't be done as you imagine it. 
I want assistance. What assistance? Your prisoner. But you want that chap in black that wings over the world? You want him released? He knows his business. I don't. No. Make him my technical advisor. I don't trust you technical chaps. Then you won't get an aeroplane out. I want those planes. Well, if you get it. And I want Dr. Harding out, too. Where are those associates? I can't help that. If anybody in every town can adapt to that crude oil for our aeroplanes, it's Harding. If not, it can't be done. Well, we had a bit of an argument with Harding. He's the only man who can do this work for you. Undo his hands. Well? Well what? Salute. Yes, salute. Yes. Oh, never mind the salute. Now we'll talk about that later. Now look here, let's see how it stands. You, Gordon, are to undertake the reconstruction of our airport. The prisoner, Cabell, is to be placed at your disposal. Everywhere he goes, he's to be under guard and observation. No relaxing there. Neither you nor he are to go within a hundred yards of his airplane. Mind that. Now you, Harding, are to assist Gordon with his skill problem. Place your knowledge of poison gas at our disposal. I have nothing to do with poison gas. You've got the knowledge of I have to wring it out of you. Stitch, your mother, your father, the totality of your interests. No discipline can be too severe for the man that denies that by word or deed. Nonsense. We have a duty to civilization. You and your sort are driving us straight back to eternal barbarism. But this is pure treason. I protest against being dragged away from my work. Okay, we're just going to take a, a brief break. When I come back on the other side of this, I'm going to tell you about something that just happened with Lieutenant Steve Rogers tonight. And we'll come back on the other side, tell you about that. And then we'll get back to our movie for tonight. Things to come. The New World Order. Government Overreach. The Great Reset. Mainstream media lies. Now more than ever, 
Independent voices are needed. Donate now at freedomreporters.com. That's freedomreporters.com. Maverick News. The antivirus program for your mind. Okay, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm aware that Lieutenant Steve Rogers tonight is out there calling for the arrest and detention of anyone who protests in favor of Hamas or against Israel. In addition to that, he is calling for the Canadian border to be secured against terrorists and is seeing Canada as a major security threat to the United States of America. So we'll have more to say about that as well, but let us get back to our movie for tonight, Things to Come. You're going to have scientific help without treating the men who give it to you properly. That's what I've said all along. No bullying too hard, my dear. There's a limit to bullying. Why? You can't make a dog hunt by beating it? I want those slaves! Chief and commanders, the help. Our war leader, our peacemaker, Rudolph the Victorious. My captains, my commanders, I greet you. Will anything in life be better than this moment? You face difficulties and dangers, but now at this right moment of victory, we relax to gather strength for the supreme effort that will make this land forever ours. Yeah. A man's land we are making, a land for strength and for courage. None but the brave deserve the land. None but the brave deserve the fair. <laughs> our dear old world, our dear old land. There are some of us that dare to run down our land. It isn't this, it isn't that, it isn't what it used to be. We haven't got chemists. Well, who wants chemists? <laughs> they don't print books anymore. Well, who wants books to muddle their thoughts and their ideas? We can't travel anymore. Well, isn't our land good enough for us? I wanted to look at you. I am at your service, madam. You're the most interesting thing that has happened in every town for years. You are me. You come from outside. I forgot to forget there was anything outside. I want to hear about it. May I offer you my only chair? You know, I'm not a stupid woman. I'm sure. This life here is limited. War, always going on and never ending. Flags, marching. Oh, I adore the chief. I've always adored him since he took control in the pestilence days when everyone else lost heart. He rules. He's firm. Everyone, every woman finds him strong and attractive. I can't complain. I have everything that is to be had here, and yet, this is a small, limited world we live in. 
you bring in the breath of something greater. When I saw you swooping down out of the air, when I saw you marching into the town hall, I felt this man lived in a greater world. And you spoke of the Mediterranean and the East, of your camps and factories. I read about the Mediterranean and Egypt and Greece and India. Oh, I can read a lot of those old books. I'm not like most of the younger people here. I learned a lot before education stopped and schools closed down. I want to see that world. Skies, snowy mountains, blue seas, sunshine, pines. If I had my way, you could fly to all that in a couple of hours. If you were free, and if I was free, I don't suppose any man has ever understood any woman since the beginning of things. You don't understand our imagination, how wild our imagination can be. I wish I were a man. Oh, I were a man. What are your people trying to do to us? What are you going to do to this boss of mine? The immediate question seems, what does he mean to do to me? Something violent and foolish, unless I prevent it. That's how I see things. And if he kills you? We shall come here and clean things up. But if you're killed, how can you say we? We go on. That's how things are. We are taking hold of things. Science and government in the long run, no man is indispensable. The human things go on. We, forever. I see. And this warlike state of ours here. It has to vanish, like the Tyrannosaurus and the saber-toothed tiger. Get to my plane, there's a wireless there. 
Hopeless, they won't even trust me. You have to make a job of this. I can manage to get your reserve petrol. Let me have that for this plane. Good. It won't be easy to make a getaway. These oil pump connections aren't very good, but we'll have to risk it. I think we'll manage it all right now that Harding knows his part of the job. Good. Cabala is a prisoner. They've got him dirty. He's in danger. I have great difficulty in getting here. You say Cabala's in danger? In very great danger. The bus there is a violent stop. Job for our new squadron. Well, now we've got a chance to try the new gas of peace on somebody. There's no time to lose. Sir. May I report to headquarters? Yes. Take him to the council. At last, we have definite news. What is it? Gordon didn't fall into the sea. He got away. A fishing boat saw him making for the French coast. Perhaps he reached his pal. Well, well, he'll be coming back. He'll be bringing the others with him. Curse these world communications. Curse all airmen and gasmen and machine men. Why didn't we leave their machines and their sciences alone? I might have known. Why did I tamper with flying? Well, we needed airplanes against the hill station. Somebody else would have started in again with airplanes and gas and bombs if we hadn't. These people would have come interfering anyhow. Why was all this science ever allowed? Why was it ever let begin? Science is an enemy of everything that's natural in life. I dreamt of those fellows last night, great ugly black inhuman chaps. Of like machines, bombing and bombing. Yes, I guess they'll come bombing, all right. Then we'll fight them. Since Gordon got away, I've had those air boys up to see me. They've got guts. They'll do something still. We'll fight them. We'll fight them. Ah, we've got hostages. Fellas didn't shoot them anyway. Was that chap Harding? Of course. He can't tell us what to do against this gas. We're going to have to pull his arm off and knock his teeth down his throat. Get him, get him. Get him, get him. Harding. I have to come to Earth sometime. What is this world communications? A handful of men like ourselves. They're not magic.
me know about these world communication people? Have they got gas? What sort of gas? I know nothing about gas. Tell us about these masks, anyway. Well, they're rotten. They're no good at all. What sort of gas have they got? I tell you, gas isn't my business. Well, they can't gas us when you're here, anyway. Here they are. Listen, they're coming already.
There they are. Very good. No, no, it's not hurt. It's just like the others. To Mal's face! To Mal! Well done, Gordon! Well, they laughed at me for sticking to my gas mask. But thanks to that, I'm here and everyone else is sleeping. I wonder if they'll ever use gas masks again. Son! What is it? This man's not sleeping. He's dead. Dead in his world, dead with him, and a new world beginning. Poor old Fatsy and his flags and his folly. And now for the rule of the earth, and a new life for mankind. direct our energies to tear out the wealth of this planet and exploit all these giant possibilities of science that have been squandered hitherto upon war and senseless competition. We shall excavate the eternal hills. We shall make such use of the treasures of sky and sea and earth as men have never dreamt of hitherto. I would that I could see our children's children in this world we shall win for them. But in them and through them, we shall live again.
Agenda 2036. they say, and made a great white world. Is it any jollier than the world used to be in the good old days, when life was short and hot and merry and the devil took the hindmost? All the same, what can we do about it? Rebel. Rebel now, now, now is the time. Why now in particular? Why, because of this space gun business. Because of this project to shoot human beings at the stars. People don't like it, shooting humans away into hard, frozen darkness. They're murmuring. They've murmured before and nothing came of it. Because they had no leader. But now, suppose someone cried, Halt! Stop this progress! Suppose I shouted to the world, Make an end to this progress. I could talk, talk. Radio is everywhere. This modern world is full of voices. I'm a master craftsman. I have the right to talk. Yes, but will they listen to you? They'll listen, trust them. I shout, arise, awake, stop this progress before it is too late. Mm-hmm. What a funny place New York was. Always filling up and full of windows. Mm, they built houses like that in the old days. Why? They'd no light inside their cities as we have, so they had to stick them up into the daylight. What there was of it. They'd no proper in mixed and conditioned air. Everybody lives half out of doors. <coughs> they have windows of ripples love. The age of windows lasted four centuries. I think we realized that we could light the interiors of our houses with sunshine of our own, so there was no need to stick them up ever so high into the air. Weren't people tired going up and down those stairs? They were all tired, and they had a disease called cold. Everybody had cold, and they coughed and sneezed and ran at the eyes. What sneezed? Oh, you know. This show. as you think. Do you remember all that, great-grandfather? Well, I remember some of it. Cold we had, and indigestion, too, from the queer bad foods we had. Oh, it was a poor life, never really well. Did people last it? Well, 
They had a way of grinning at it. They used to call it humor. We had to have a lot of humor. I went through some horrid times, my dear. Oh, horrid. Horrid? I don't want to hear about them. The wars, the wandering sickness, and all those dreadful years. None of that will come again, Chris Granddad, ever. Well, not if progress goes on. They keep on inventing new things now, don't they? And making life lovelier and lovelier. Lovelier, yes. And older. I suppose I'm an old man, my dear, but some of it seems like going too far. This space gun of theirs that they keep on shooting. What is this space gun, great-grandfather? Well, it's a gun that is charged by electricity. It's a lot of guns inside one another, and each one discharges the gun next inside. I don't properly understand it, but the cylinder it shoots out last goes swish right away from the earth. I wish I could fly around the moon. <laughs> well, that in time. Won't you come back to your history pictures again? I'm glad I didn't live in the old world. I know if John Cabal and his airmen tidied it all up. Do you see John Cabal, Chris Bendis? Well, you can see him in your pictures. You saw him when he lived. You really saw him? Yes. I saw the great John Cabell with my own eyes when I was a little boy. He was a lean, brown old man with hair as white as mine. He was the great-grandfather of our Oswald Cabell, the president of our council. I take it the space guns passed all its preliminary trials, and there's nothing left now but to choose the two who are to go. That's going to be the trouble. Thousands of young people have been applying, young men and young women. I never dreamt the moon was so attractive. Practical of the guns, perfect now. There are risks, but reasonable risks. And the position of the moon in the next three or four months gives us the best conditions for getting there. It's only the, the choice of the two now that matters. Well, there are going to be difficulties. That man, Theotokopoulos, is talking on the radio about it. He's a fantastic fellow. Yes, but he's making trouble. It's not going to be easy to choose these young people. With all these thousands offering themselves, we've looked into thousands of cases. We've rejected everyone of imperfect health or anyone who had friends who objected. And the fact is, we want you to talk to two people. There's Raymond Parsworthy of General Patrick. You know him? Yes, I know him. And his son. We want you to see the son, Maurice Parsworthy. Why? He asks to go. We think you ought to see him. He's waiting here. Is Morris Parsworthy there? He's on his way. Good. You want to talk to me? Forgive me, sir. I came straight to you. You're asking a favor. A very big favor. I want to be one of the first two human beings to go around the moon. It means danger. Great hardship, anyhow. You realize there's an even chance of never coming back alive. A still greater chance of coming back a cripple. Give me credit for not minding that, sir. Mm -hmm. Yes, a lot of you young people don't mind that. But why should I give you a favor? Well, I'm, I'm the son of a friend of yours. And, uh, people seem to feel you wouldn't to send someone you don't know, sir. Go on. We've talked about this over and over again. We? Yes, both of us. It's her idea even more than it's mine. Her idea? Who is she? Someone much closer to you than I am, sir. Go on. It's Catherine, your daughter. She says you can't possibly send anybody's child but your own. 
I might have known. Today I'm going to put it to the world plainly. Is this thing to go on? Or are we sane and normal human beings to put an end to it? And an end to all such follies forever? What is this progress? What is the good of all this progress onward and onward? We demand a halt. We demand a rest. The object of life is happy living. We will not have human life sacrificed to experiment. Progress is not living. It should only be the preparation for living. They stage the old Greek tragedy again. And a father offers up his daughter to his evil gods. And that and voice is sounding to the whole world. No. The old slaveries have taken new no. names. They'll have to hear him and make what they can of him. What does this space gun portend? Make no mistake about it. The slaveries they put upon themselves today, they will impose tomorrow upon the whole world. Is man never to rest, never to be free? A time will come when you in your turn will be forced away to take your chance upon strange planets and in dreary, abominable places beyond the stars. An end to progress. Make an end to this progress now. Let this be the last day of the scientific age. Make the space come the symbol of all that drives us and destroy it now. I wonder what they will make. Grandson of John Gabell, the air educator, the man who changed the whole course of the world. You, you've got experiments in your blood, you and your daughter. But I'm, I'm more normal. I don't believe my boy would have thought of it. The two of them must have got together. They'll come back together. This time, there's no attempt to land on the moon. When, when is this great experiment to be made? How much longer have we got before they go? When the space gun is ready. Sometime this year, do you mean? Soon. And is there no way of saving our children from this madness? But would it be saving our children? Well, here they are. Father, where to go? Yes, you're to go. No. Two hours ago. Already? Why not? But my son, he's of age. He's volunteered. Yes, but I want to talk it over first. I must talk it over. Why have you announced this so soon? There's still time to talk it over, isn't there? Not so very long now, Father. You've got several months yet, surely. It's just one month and three days. Everything's ready. And the moon's coming into the right position even while we're talking now. They're leaving it a month longer to make sure. You mean you're going in four weeks? Four weeks? I forbid it. This man, Theotokopoulos, is right. This thing must not be. It's human sacrifice. Struck fire. All the people are excited and angry. Some are already going out of the city towards the space gun. Nothing is wanted now but deeding. We must go right on with this. The space gun. And so we end an age.
young people, just beginning life. You want to go into that outer horror. Why don't you send somebody who's sick of life? They want fit young people, alert and quick. And we're fit young people. We can observe and come back and tell. Cabal, I just want to ask you one plain question. Why did you let your daughter dream of going on this mad moon journey? Because I loved her. And I wanted to live to the best effect. Dragging out life to the last possible second is not living to the best effect. The nearer the phone, the sweeter the meat. The best of life, Passworthy, lies nearest to the edge of death. I'm a broken man. I don't know where honor lies. You haven't got things right, Passworthy. Our fathers and our fathers' fathers cleaned up the old order of things because it killed children. It killed those who were unprepared for death. Because it tormented people in vain. Because it outraged human pride and dignity. Because it was an ugly spectacle of waste. But that was only a beginning. There's nothing wrong in suffering if you suffer for a purpose. Our revolution didn't abolish danger or death. It simply made danger and death worthwhile. Cabal. Cabal, the gun's in urgent danger. It's a race against time, not to save it. Theodor Copulus is up with a crowd of people already. He's going to the space gun now. They're going to break it up. They say it's the symbol of your tyranny. As a weapon, bars of metal. They can smash delicate apparatus. They can do endless mischief. But you have a traffic control. Can't they produce the police? Very few. We've nothing but the gas of peace, and it isn't ready. It'll take hours yet. We must hold this crowd back at any cost for a time until the gas of peace is ready. Is this... Well, we've stopped the airways. They'll have to go afoot. And they'll take an hour or more to get there, even those who've already started. This gun mustn't have broken up. After all the final experiments have been made, when everything was ready... When everything was ready? If they smash up that infernal gun, then honor is satisfied and you needn't go. They won't smash the gun. Suppose the gun was fired now. Would the cylinder reach the moon? It would miss and fly into outer space. It's five now. If the gun were fired before seven... And it could be. Yes. Then... We go now. No, no, no. I don't know what to say, but don't go, don't go. Oh, but, Father, we must go now, or we may never go. And then for the rest of our lives, we'll feel we've shirked and lived in vain. We must go now. Thank <laughs> you. 
Quickly, this way. If you go up to the platform, we'll guard this below. Right. Contract all your muscles when the concussion comes. In five minutes, you'll be able to get loose and move about. You want here? We, we want to save these young, young people from your experiments. We want to put an end to this inhuman foolery. We mean to destroy that gun. We have a right to do what we like with our lives, with our sort of lives. We don't grudge you your artistic life. You have safety, plenty, all you want. We want to make the world safe for men. No one prevents you. How can we do that on your son's inventions of perpetually changing life for us? When you're everlastingly confiding in strange things, when you make what we think great seem small, when you make what we think strong seem feeble, we don't want you in the same world with us. We don't want this expedition. We don't want mankind to go out of the moon and to the planets. We shall hate you more if you succeed than if you fail. Destroy the gun! Before you can even reach the base of the gun, it's required. Beware of the concussion! Beware of the concussion! Stand by, controller. Well, I'm 
outside of seven. Is monstrous. What they've done is magnificent. Will they come back? Yes. And go again and again. Till the landing is made and the moon is conquered. This is only a beginning. If they don't come back, my son and your daughter, what of that, Cabal? Then presently others will go. Oh, God, is there never to be any age of happiness? Is there never to be any rest? Rest enough for the individual man. Too much, too soon, and we call it death. But for man, no rest and no ending. He must go on, conquest beyond conquest. First this little planet and its winds and waves, and then all the laws of mind and matter that restrain him. Then the planets about him. And at last, out across immensity to the stars. And when he has conquered all the deeps of space and all the mysteries of time, still he will be beginning. But we're such little creatures. Our humanity is so fragile, so weak. Little, little animals. Little animals. And if we're no more than animals, we must snatch each little scrap of happiness and live and suffer and pass. Mattering no more than all the other animals do or have them. It is this or that. All the universe for nothing. Which shall it be? Which shall it be? The end. And yep, 
birthday is gonna have space babies. I think they sent those two lovebirds out there, and now they're like a interstellar Adam and Eve. Don't go away. I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna tell you more about Lieutenant Steve Rogers. The sharing of biased and false, false news has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarmingly, some media in an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. Choose not the red pill. Choose not the blue pill. For both are an illusion. Discover the power of M. The power of individuality. We are mavericks. We are the way to the light. Fear not the storm. Join our quest for truth. Truth will set you free. Maverick News. The world is watching. The New World Order. Government Overreach. The Great Reset. Mainstream Media Lies. Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now at freedomreporters.com. That's freedomreporters.com. Maverick News. The antivirus program for your mind. Okay, I'm back. And as I reported earlier, Lieutenant Steve Rogers, who ran that SOS letter writing campaign tonight, is calling for the northern border between Canada and the United States to be secured. He has been talking to U.S. politicians. They see Canada, <clears throat> excuse me, as a national security threat to the United States of America. They say that Canada has become um, the Canada-U.S. border, and because of Canadian immigration policies, has become an entry point for terrorists. In addition to that, tonight, Lieutenant Steve Rogers is calling for the arrest and detention of anyone who protests in favor of Hamas. In uh, an online post this evening, he addressed the people of Israel and U.S. Israeli citizens, Jewish people, and Canadians. He says Canadians will not be left behind and also pledged to support Israel, how much weight all of this carries, 
I don't know. I don't know, but he says he has been talking to key politicians and he does have a sizable online social media following and his message is gaining some traction online this evening. I'll just uh, I'll bring this up for you and uh, I'll share this clip from his address this evening. Lieutenant Steve Rogers. Millions and millions and millions of Americans stand with you. You will not see them marching in the streets. You will not see them causing havoc. You will not see them blocking highways and byways. You will not see them do that. But what you will see the American people do is what is most important, to get out to the polls, to vote, to remove from office every single liberal and anti, anti-Israel person and pro-Hamas person to make sure that they never, never become part of this government. And in addition to that, I have, this organization has, and many with me have called for the arrest and detention of anyone protesting in favor and in support of Hamas, a terrorist organization. Now, when I first mentioned that, all hell broke loose here, but I'm going to tell you something, folks. I said it on national television, and when I was challenged, when I was challenged as to how on earth could you call for the detention of people who are protesting, exercising freedom of speech? And my answer was this. I believe in freedom of speech. I will always support that. But when that speech crosses the line to aid and abet the enemies of the United States of America, it's time to understand that that's not freedom of speech. That is the spread, the aiding and abetting of the enemy through propaganda. That is what that is. Liberals, and I must say, maybe some conservatives, but politicians for the most are scared to death to even repeat those words that I said, scared to death. They're scared to death of being criticized. Well, now you want to take their freedom away. You want to put them in cages and on and on and on. Anyone, anyone who goes into a small town like they did in Israel, behead kids, torture people, burn babies alive, and on and on and on. They belong in a cage. They're animals. They belong in a cage. They should be put on trial and they, be, they should be given the death penalty. It is as simple as that. It is as simple as that. Those are not people. They're animals. And I would say that against anybody that does that. And then there's this idea, this idea of, of Bernie Sanders, that senator from Vermont, uh, others in the Democrat. It's always Democrats. Calling for a ceasefire? For what? Those of us in the military who have military careers, careers that a lot of these pencil pushers in Congress don't have, uh, you know, when you have a ceasefire, you're giving the enemy to regroup. You're giving the enemy to store their ammunition and to get ready for the next attack. Imagine, and this is a fact, Hamas said, look, there's going to be another October 7th and another one and another one and another one. So Bernie Sanders and the Democrats who are calling for a ceasefire, when that happens, I hope it doesn't, but if and when it happens, and the next October 7th is in the United States of America, will you call for a ceasefire? Will you call to sit down with the bad guys and let's have a chat? Will you do that? Because that's what's going to come. There was a ceasefire, if you will, with Iran. 
And they just started building their nuclear power plants again and started building bombs and financing terrorists all over the world. You know, the ceasefire was with them. Well, guys, calm down. Let's talk. Let's regroup. We're not going to hurt you. There were ceasefires between Hamas and Israel. But the rockets still came in northern Israel and southern Israel. The rockets still came. I was in Israel in the 90s. I was in Tel Aviv and the rockets came. So what good is a ceasefire if only one side is going to apply the ceasefire to the engagements they're having with the enemies? No ceasefire this time. The Israelis need to go in there and clean house. That's what they need to do. They need to get get rid of every terrorist that they could find. Every single last one of them. And until the United States of America does what the Israelis are doing militarily, not, to, not just through economic sanctions, which, which never worked. The only thing, the only people, the only part of the population that sanctions uh, hurt are the people, the innocent people. The Israel, the Israeli army, they don't want to see, like all of us, we don't want to see innocent people, uh, uh, Palestinians killed. Those civilians are there, and they don't want to be there. But folks, you know what Bernie Sanders didn't talk about? What the Democrats who are calling a ceasefire aren't talking about? Who are the ones protecting the Palestinian people, the innocents, the Israeli army? They're walking them out. They're trying to get babies out of that hospital and and get a medical care. It is the Israeli army that is protecting them. Why? Because it is Hamas who who really did nothing for these people. Nothing. They didn't feed them. They didn't give them water. They didn't homes, no education. All the billions of dollars the United States of America sent, sent to that area of the world, siphoned by Hamas, not to help the people, but to help themselves. Here in the United States, and maybe you didn't get it in Canada, the leaders of Hamas, those big shots, those so-called leaders, they're living in billion-dollar mansions, going to a gym every day while the people are starving. So the people that have been left behind in Gaza, they have been left there, by the very people who are claiming to protect them, Hamas. And by the way, at gunpoint, they were told to stay. The Israelis again, they said, go south. We don't want to hurt you. Go south. And guess what, folks? Hamas decides we're going to put a gun to their heads. And if they start moving south, we'll kill them. This is what we're dealing with. Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and Democrats, we're dealing with animals. So you know what? Let the Israeli government do what they must do. Because if the United States of America gets attacked, the last thing on earth you'll hear from any Democrat is let's talk. Because then we got hurt. Well, Israel is glued to the United States. The United States is glued to Israel. Without Israel, I'm telling you folks, without Israel, the United States of America is going to be in very serious trouble. The Mideast, all the oil, the Mideast, it's Israel that has been holding that together for us the Mideast, and we have the audacity of people in this country who are marching in support of terrorist organizations. And by the way, they say, they the marchers say, well, we're, we're here for the Palestinian people. Well, when you start finding out that reporters who have talked to them, you find out there are a lot of young people involved in these marches that have no idea why they're marching. No idea. No idea. All they're hearing on these college campuses and elsewhere is the propaganda, propaganda, propaganda. 
But we are going to fight that propaganda here in the United States. Campaign for America and other organizations have come together, and we're going to start pumping out stuff all over social media, all over the place. All over the place. The truth. That's what's going to go out there. We're also going to be setting up prayer cells all over North America and perhaps around the world. There is power in prayer. You see, that's something Hamas and these terrorists, they don't get. They just don't get. Now, I'm going to be criticized for what I'm about to say, but I don't care because the truth is the truth. The Bible is very, very, very clear when it comes to Israel. He who blesses Israel shall be blessed. He who curses Israel shall be cursed. He who blesses the Jew shall be blessed. He who curses the Jew shall be cursed. Now, if you have a problem with that, go, go to the guy that, that, that wrote it. All right. Go to the guy that wrote it. You'll find that guy. You'll find his name. You'll even find his address in the Bible. Because that's where it's at. No nation on earth has ever been able to defeat Israel. Pharaoh couldn't do it. The Egyptians could. All these people throughout history couldn't do it. The Six-Day War. Six-Day War. And every war Israel has fought, they've never been defeated. How do you explain a small little country the size of New Jersey, uh, like Israel, uh, uh, surrounded by powerful, powerful enemies? And by the way, in the past, being supplied by the old Soviet Union. How do you explain them winning? Destroying everything around them. Because they had a king. The king of kings and the lord of lords. And they still do. They have the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They have Jesus Christ by their side. With them. For the battle is not your battle, says the Lord. The battle is my battle. This is why Canada. This is why the United States. This is why Israel. This is why the free world will always defeat the enemies of freedom and liberty, because we not only stand on the foundation called the Constitution of the United States, the Declaration of Independence, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, we stand on the Holy Word of God. And today, the United States of America has, as Speaker of the House, a solid, solid, God-fearing, God-loving Christian. Who prays every day, every night, before he goes to work and before he goes to bed, for freedom and liberty worldwide, as we will. So, folks, let us be encouraged. I know it's tough. Easier said than done. But as people have written to me, you're distressed because all you hear is the bad news. You're upset and depressed because you're living in a time where there's a big, big cloud over our heads. It's over my head, too. Except... I've learned something in life, especially in politics. I'm still trying to figure out how I got involved in this terrible so-called, I don't even call it a profession, vocation, but I do know why. Because this is a time in my life that God wants me to do what he wants me to do as a time in your life that he wants you to do what he wants you to do. I'll close with this. If not now, when? And if not you, who? Think about that, folks. You're living in a time where God is using you, whether you're in Canada, the United States, Israel, any nation on earth where freedom and liberty is being fought for. God is using you to preserve that. Remember in the Bible, it talks about a remnant. This remnant is going to be around because most people, sadly to say, are going to get sucked into a lie. But God has his people all over the place. 
and you're you're his people. You believe in Christ. You believe in God. You're standing on the principles of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Judeo-Christian values in which all of us who believe in God were brought up on. Think about that. There is the bright spot, the bright light coming through that cloud. It's a light from heaven on your head, in your soul, and in your heart. That's why I've said all along, mom, you got problems with your children. Dad, you got problems with the wife. Wife, you got problems with the husband. The household, you got troubles with finances. How are you going to meet this bill? How are you going to meet that bill? Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The first step, folks, believe me, I've been there. The first step is to pray not for the, the money to come in, not for the material things to come in. The first step is to ask the good Lord to give you peace of mind, peace of heart, peace of soul, and peace of spirit. That's the first step. Because when you have the peace of God that far passeth all understanding, you're going to look at that and say, well, I can't pay the bill. So what are they going to do to me? Put a little more interest on there? But I'll pay it next month. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm here. I'm alive. I'm here and I'm being used of God. And I'm talking about you who are listening. So when I leave this broadcast tonight, when you leave this broadcast, go get a cup of coffee, tea, water, sit down with hubby or, or wife and kids and, and, and just say, you know what? Things could be a lot worse. They could be a lot worse. But the Lord is sustaining you. And for people who are in war zones and in deep trouble, you need to know we're praying for you. We're not praying, not only praying for you, but the Bible says, put your faith to work because faith without works is dead. And boy, are we going to work. You and I, folks, you and the Campaign for America organization, you in Canada and the American people, you in Israel and the American people and the Canadian people and the domino effect around the world. We're all coming together. We're all coming together under the kingdom of God. Okay, folks. That uh, wraps up his address. Strange times. Challenging times, scary times. I'm going to have to digest that, and uh, maybe I'll have something more to say about it tomorrow, or I don't know. Maybe we'll get him on the show to talk to us. One war wrapped inside a third world war, an extension of the war in Ukraine, in a way. And I don't know where it's going, but you can see that people on each side see things entirely differently. The polarization continues. Please remember to like, share, subscribe tonight. If you're watching on uh, Rumble, please subscribe. Please consider subscribing. Get sure you use your support there. And uh, that doesn't cost you anything. If you are inclined, you can support the channel 
by donating at uh, maverickdonations.com or at freedomreporters.com. And we will be back tomorrow night, same time, same channel, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with more top stories. Thanks, everybody, for spending the evening here with me and together as the Maverick family. I hope you enjoyed the movie. I hope, uh, I hope we were able to take something positive away from that. Seems like the more things change, the more things stay the same. Yeah. So, catch y'all back here tomorrow night on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.